For all 140 plus episodes of the Game Central podcast, including bonus episodes, visit gamebanter.co.uk for a complete archive of every single podcast we've ever done. That's gamebanter.co.uk. Hello everybody and welcome, you coughed, hello everybody and welcome to the Game Central Podcast. Uh, it's 2020 and this is a new episode of this podcast. You may be thinking, where's this podcast been for four or five months? Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, not going to lie. Um, stuff happened. Yeah. Podcast took a back seat. It did. Um, and yeah. We uh we can only apologise for that. That's true, Dave. Yeah, it's us, mate. Sorry. Uh, blame it, just blame it on Dave. It's, that, it's that, the easiest thing to do. My way of a blaming you and b telling people every, everyone your name. Uh, yeah. My name's Gareth. For everyone who doesn't care or no, uh, we're normally joined <laughs> by a third fellow, Rob. But Rob's uh Rob's taking some time off from the podcast. It seems like. Which is fine. Yeah, you know, it's not a fucking job. We don't. We don't. To, <laughs> we're not going to sack him. Like, <laughs> no, he's currently taking a hiatus, but I'm sure he'll come back as guesting. Uh, you'll know because, um, well, you know when he's back because you won't be able to miss him. He's an extremely, yeah. He makes. So yeah, the, those those podcasts will be added with a bit of fire, so we can look forward to that. Yeah, it, when you like load it up on your phone, your phone will heat you up, and you're like, "Ooh, it's a Rob one." Yeah, ooh, this is a what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what have to put it in a new category? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the podcast is back for 2020. Um, we, me and Dave, have been been talking. We've not podcast hasn't been as regular as we would like. No. Uh, so, I think our intention is the podcast is going to be back to once a week. We sort of yeah. have a a day when we think will be best to record and yep. we have like a structure of how we want to do episodes and all that shit so I'm feeling pretty good about this podcast returning yeah. to once a week exactly let's do the, the whole new year's resolution resolutions yeah. I always say revolution as if I'm going to start a war um, <laughs> let's do all of those cliches like you know new year new me Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to be our best selves. Um, we're going to live life to the fullest. Um, live life. Yeah, life. I think that's all of them. Yeah, there's a go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much, uh, we're going to put our finger out of our asses, and we're going to be more consistent. We're going to be more concise, and we're just going to enjoy it again. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, once a week, sitting down, chatting about games. What's happening in games media? No doubt ranting about how bad stuff is getting and also celebrating how good stuff is getting. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, first yeah. of all, I would like to say it's very optimistic of you to assume we'll be talking about games at all in any of the episodes going forward. <laughs> uh, second, I would just like to say for myself, um, it's such a double-edged sword doing a podcast like this because, A, obviously I love it. Um, but it is such it's such a nice feeling when you don't do one in a week. It's like, oh, I didn't have to be entertaining at all this week. 
I just got to yeah. not do anything, and that's a nice feeling. But, you know, we've gone like four months without doing one, and I do feel like a lazy bastard. Like, I could, yeah. have, I could have been doing stuff this entire time, but instead, you know, my empty life has just kept rolling on. Yeah. I mean, you've got a wife and all that shit, so yours isn't empty. But mine, Dave, <laughs> my life's so empty that I took up Magic the Gathering as a hobby. Oh, well, yeah. actually, that ain't bad. But yeah, I understand it's what fun, you mean. Yeah. You need a lot of time to get into that zone. Yes. And you had it. I did. And you were just like, you know what? The only way that I'm going to be able to swallow all this time is by sinking it mm-hmm. into uh, a, a card game universe, which is vast. And probably requires a degree to fully understand it. Yeah, I, I obviously don't fully understand it. <laughs> but, mm. yeah, it, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Magic the Gathering is fun. I have five EDH decks, which means nothing to you, Dave. But That, literally, it's like me talking about cameras. Oh, please I can, I can, <laughs> I can tell you something, you know. Oh, I've just bought this gear. And you'll be like, hmm, numbers. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it was. Oh, it's a... That's a letter and deck next to it. So I'm guessing there's cards that do stuff in the game. And I mean, yeah. you know... I'm, You're basically halfway there. There we go. I'm, I'm happy you've got them, decks. And I hope that they bring you a lot of joy. They really do, to be fair. But, are, you, uh, are you playing with people? Yeah, yeah. There's a place in the town where I live, which I, I guess I won't name in case there's a weird stalker out there. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. a place where I go and play. Just in case, of course. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's our only listener. Yeah, I don't want to get <laughs> stabbed or murdered or raped. Mm. I'm definitely not Depends in that. Order. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, in an ideal world, this podcast would get a bunch of listeners, and we'd have like interaction with them. They'd send in questions and all that stuff. And you can't do that if you don't put out episodes. Exactly. Uh, so we want to do an episode a week going forwards, like the glory days. You know, I see so many people online who are like, I don't know, they want to be Twitch streamers or all this stuff, and they'll be like, oh, I really want to grow my audience, and they'll stream like once every two months. And it's like, oh, I, I, I see how you could be successful in the thing you want to be <laughs> successful at, but you're not doing it. So we're going to do it. You're just not doing that thing. Exactly. We're doing that thing that we enjoy, and then success will come. But of course, if you are listening to this, and you've enjoyed the podcast, and you do enjoy an episode, share it with people, get the name out there, let's see how many people we can get following us. Yeah, um, but not in an annoying way, don't be that guy. No, I'm not going to beg it, obviously. <laughs> I'm doing this for fun, I'm not going to do it for the audience, I'm just saying, spread the word if you enjoy it. Uh, but... If not, me and Gareth will still be talking to each other every week. Yeah. And I should say, Don't bother us. success doesn't mean like we're rich for us. Success means people actually want to hear the podcast and listen to it of their own yeah. free will and are entertained by it. That's yeah. success. I don't mean we're going to start <laughs> yeah. a Patreon and it's going to be locked behind a £5 <laughs> a month paywall. None of that shit. No. No, no, not talking about that. We're talking about, like you said, just getting the word out there. Because the more people we have, the more fun we have. Yep, that's, yeah. the, that's the part that, I that, was Yeah, it works for the majority of things. Yeah, that's, that's, that works for a lot of things, actually. Yeah. 
All right, so that's enough about the podcast yeah. in a general metaphysical way. What are we going to be talking about this episode, Dave? Right, so we have obviously missed uh, the bandwagon in regards to, you know, oh, end of the decade, yeah. start of a new one. But it doesn't matter because, as always, we're late mm-hmm. and we're going to do it anyway. So, yep. just <laughs> like when, you're, when your girlfriend's on a period, but you can't help yourself, you know. We do it anyway. Um,. <laughs> So, this episode, we are chatting about the games which have come uh, in 2019, uh, the games that we have played, the games that we have missed, the platforms and the drama in regards to uh, companies, Mm -hmm. uh, the big stories. We're going to recap everything that uh, has been significant in 2019, and then look at the whole decade as a whole games in which we have played games that we would want to play uh games that have changed the face of gaming uh everything well as much as we can and then obviously end it off with what we're looking forward to and gareth's list is significantly shorter than mine uh, because he's only looking forward to one thing um so yeah we're just two things dave oh my bad uh but yeah, so we're just going to wrap up, and what best way to start 2020 than looking back in the last decade and figuring out how far we have come. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess we should just crack on. Yeah, let's not waste people's time anymore. Let's just get on should to... Should we insert a little theme tune here? Actually, I'm going I'm to leave a space of quiet so Gav can hastily find some music to play in the editing suite. Uh, all right. Twenty nineteen is over. It's in the history books. Fuck it. It's can't go back now. Yeah. So Dave You are famous for playing Sherlock Holmes games year round, no matter the year (laughs) or when the game came out. You just love Sherlock Holmes games so much. Hey, it's not even Sherlock Holmes games. I think it's just uh, genuine um, detective-esque games. Um, you know, they were just great. Okay. Well, and I, I, again, again, this comes from this comes from a, 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 an eight-week period in my life where I played two Sherlock Holmes games and nothing else, um, and then that was it. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't mind. I like it. Yeah. I've got the I've got the most recent game downloaded on my Xbox. I've yet to play it. Um, <laughs> buzzing for it. Well, it's with that in mind, right? just saying. The games of 2019, Dave. Did you play anything that new that came out, and what were your highlights? Right, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the uh, surprising to absolutely no one who has listened to me speak on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have literally played two games which were released in 2019 wow and i only complete and, and one can't be completed and the other one i haven't completed yet so those two games are apex legends and uh gears of war 5 those are the only game that i would say have yeah that have definitely been released in 2019 um and yeah, I'm not going to say... I'm going to say 
this decade actually the the large like battle royale was huge mm-hmm. um as like a game genre kind of just took it by storm in regards to competitive gaming but apex legends for me was one of those games in the earlier days i think i've got to the age and i do not i'm only 29 um but i've got to the age now where i i just don't have the time for competitive gaming and i don't think it actually is i think it's wrong to say it's an age thing i think it's just what i expect from games now yeah um i prefer more cooperative or single player games um rather than the challenge of beating an opposition i just don't have the drive to be any good but like so we started off with um pubg uh was really engulfed with that but then apex legend came along and just made it a lot more user-friendly it was the problem with like so pubg and it's got his audience hasn't it so pubg super realism um but mediocre graphics really uh dodgy load times and it's more of a plan ahead thinking strategy based um battle royale shooter then you've got on the other hand you've got fortnite which is hyper cartoon super skillful but in different ways you mm-hmm. still plan ahead it's a battle royale so you've got to but you know really cartoony um essence on multitasking more than anything else you've got to build and shoot you've got to like nowhere to land it's quick motion action again couldn't do it couldn't rub off of me apex legends i feel is in the middle yeah it's I agree with that. it's it's good it's got the graphics, the load times of Fortnite, a lot more polished, uh, but the combat is faster paced, but you can keep up with it. Uh, the characters are different and have perks and abilities which you can get used to. You get into a squad of three people that you gel with and you're having fun. Yeah. and it's quick turnaround it's just boom 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 um and it is being updated i think the thing is uh as all things is that when it first came out everyone was kind on a level playing field and then when you don't so i go off and play another game if i come back to apex legends it's it, i just i'm not in the same league as everyone else anymore yeah and that is very much apparent and you know i'm not even competitive i'm not even gonna lie you know, like previously, you sit there and just go, I'd win maybe with the group of three people I used to play with, so me and two others. You go, we would win maybe one in ten games. And we'll be like, yeah, we're good with this. Like, I'm, good. I'm happy. Like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm at a level where I can play it and I know that we're going to get close to the final circle and narrowly miss and lose. Now we're dying. Before, like before the game's almost begun like I'm picking up weapons and going oh I'm just fucked and then yeah you're dead and so <laughs> I think there's just that competitive level and it's always been there uh, which I, I just have no drive to keep up with anymore um, but again definitely for a, a highlight for 2019 in regards to competitive gaming I think it it stole a lot of Fortnite Fortnite's audience because 
in regards to Battle Royale games, you didn't have many... Um, well, no, there were loads, but you know, you didn't have many of the quality that people wanted. So, you kind of the big hitters, like I said, were two kind of polar opposites. You either had super realism, or you had multitasking, ADHD, hyper mess, and you didn't really have anything for the middle ground. And so, Apex came out, and stole a lot of that audience away from both. Um, plat- uh, both games and I think it is definitely a highlight and like I said before Gears 5 for what I have played um, now for those who don't know I'm a massive Gears of War fan and I've completed every single game on Insane but co-op with my younger brother yeah so you've and... completed Gears of War 5 on Insane and how is it Dave? so this is it so Gears of War 5 <laughs> we've completed two levels on um, Insane on insane. Okay. Uh, but granted, in the first two missions, not a lot happened. <laughs> not hard. No. Okay. We kind of got to the point, and I, again, I've avoided this game until we are able to play it together, and we just haven't had time where both of us are free to do it. Mm-hmm. But I will do it, and I'll probably talk on more detail about that later, but Again, it's do- it's it's doing exactly what you expect a Gears of War game to do. Um, you know, fantastic uh, graphics, gameplay, and fighting is. They haven't needed to change it. I know not a lot of people are, or some people have got gripes with it. Not a lot of people are a fan yeah. of the fighting style, but as a two-player co-op game, it's fantastic. I think the main thing. Or so far. The main thing that annoyed me about Gears of War 5 is because it it feigns the fact that it's a three-player co-op when it really isn't. Yeah. Um, The third person controls the robot who pretty much is just a glorified spectating camera and can fly around and, like, zap enemies. But you, you don't really have that much of an impact on the game whatsoever. I think um, he's a character in hard mode that's actually pretty decent. Yeah, but I'm just—it's just—it just irritated me because the third person is—it's kind of what you would give your kid cousin um, when he came over. To oh the yeah, house. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you and your brother are playing this adult game, and you're shooting people. And you're like, oh yeah, you just—you have that control and just fly around, and then that's it. If you don't shoot an enemy, they won't shoot you. You are quite literally a spectating camera. <laughs> Until you zap someone, and then they get pissed off and start shooting you. Um, but yeah, you can fly around and just watch. So yeah, I guess it, it serves a purpose, but I just got annoyed where it just said, well, don't say it's three-player co-op when it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, say it what it is. Well, like I said, that's a two-player co-op game. I've enjoyed what I've played, and I'm looking forward to completing it in 2020. I think there are missions um, in that game, not to give anything away, where you might be able to play as a person in that third spot. I might have to fight through it then. Because I, I played Gears of War 5 as well. I think it's a very good entry in the series. Um, and I think that you should be able to play three humans at some point. Okay. Not, I might. hope that's not a spoiler, that there are more than two people <laughs> in the game. Whoa, what? 
I we know. usually have. A, I think no. I think that's what I said. Is um, what annoyed me was is that you do have um, because obviously in the co-op you start off with a four-player squad. So I just thought, why can't I just... In the missions where the robot exists, but I'm with four people. Oh, you still can't Why can't I just be one of the people? Oh, shit. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) And and they're like, "Uh, because you're the robot? So, yeah. Again, we'll play through it. Um, I'll update you once I've completed it to see whether there was a choice to play as a human. Okay. But... um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, they're my two games that I actually played. Uh, what were your two or multiple highlights, no doubt? I played a few games. <laughs> well, I, I played enough to that I could do a top 10, but not enough games like blew me away where it would be like interesting of a top 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, figuring out a top ten from the games I played would take me about two minutes. It's not like I'd be deliberating, oh, should this game go above this game? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you'll just write them out. There's You've like already a... got a... It's just a normal... You don't have to think about it. Yeah, this is just the, the way in which it will turn out. I'll just write the first ten games that come into my head, and that will be in the order of greatness. Yeah, it, it, it will probably be very easy. But I'm still not going to do it, even though I'm talking about how easy it would be. Uh, so... Yeah. Let's see. First thing on my list of games that I played in 2019. Uh, Auto Chess. Don't need to talk too much about that, but you and Rob didn't even know it existed when I talked about no, it. No, I didn't actually. Uh, that's another game similar to Battle Royale that like it created a genre, a much less successful genre. Um, but you know, they made a mod for Dota 2 that became massive. Valve oh, made yes, their own version. Yes, yes, yes. There's a yes. League of Legends version now. Like, you know, it was people scrabbling to be like, oh shit, we need to make one of these as well, quick. And it, it's not like a massive genre, but it's a new genre. Something interesting. I think, like you said, if it captivates people's attention and they've done well to create a game mode, which, you know, it's, it's a lot like Gwent in Witcher, isn't it? Is that it, it started off being a, just a, almost a collectible thing in the game. You know, collect the Gwent cards, get the achievement. Oh, look. But it, it it was a well thought out and justified card game in the world of The Witcher, which made sense. And then everybody went crazy for it. They released a Gwent game and then they've released an actual real life Gwent game. Um, so if it captivates an audience and expands the universe, then good on him. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, next game on my list, Resident Evil 2, the remake. Oh my god, what an app. See now, this is a game which I knew I'd... Or the, it's a game I didn't play, because I knew I would be crap at it. Um, because I am... I am okay watching horror games. Mm-hmm. Playing horror games, I'm just useless at. I feel like I need to be a a spectator i need to be someone who enjoys solving the puzzles but someone else is in the control seat yeah you know i'm like co-pilot if you want to carry that metaphor you know you control the player and shoot the zombies and you know run away 
and I'll help you solve the technical bit and I'll be reading the map and I'll tell you where you're meant to be going and, you know, uh, how to escape Mr. X by going for the library and, you know, all of this shit. Um, like, I don't mind doing that bit, but I'm just bad at playing horror games. And it's not because I get scared. It's not because <laughs> I get rushed. It's because I've just, I'm just, I think I'm really impatient. <laughs> I think mean, that's my, that's my point. Um, my downfall is the fact that I, I lack the patience to play a game like Resident Evil 2, where, um, you know, I would just want to run through it all because I know how to solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, oh, fuck it, let's just go through this. And I'll just rinse the ammo to get through it quicker and then realize, oh, I'm now absolutely fucked. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just a bad horror game player. And again, it's got nothing to do with like you know being scared of it. It's just the impatience that I have of playing these games. I'm just not a slow walking um, sort of dude. Um, but yeah, I did watch it a lot of. Um, I watched, I watched a couple of playthroughs of it on YouTube, and I really did enjoy it as a passive, you know, as a passive viewer. It was an outstanding game, and I think they've done. They've kind of set the benchmark of what a HD remake is. It's not just a. And again, there's nothing wrong. Like a, a couple of the games that I've played this year are just cut for cut remakes. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Um, you know, for certain sort of games. But if you want to kind of revamp and completely remake a game but keeping its original story and, you know, game mechanics, then Resident Evil 2 kind of set that benchmark. What was it like playing it for you, anyway? Because did you play the original on PlayStation? No, I didn't. I never had an original PlayStation. Uh, I think my sisters had one so they could buy a dance mat for it and do that oh, whole God. thing. I used to love the dance mat. Uh, but I, no, I never had a, an original PlayStation. So this was my first time playing Resident Evil 2. I played it with two friends. We all took the day off work, and we did the pass the control around thing. Oh, see, now th- I could do that. Oh, it was so much fun, because we each had our yeah. own things that we were bad at. So yeah, see, one of it. us was shit at yeah. sh- the actual shooting. It'd be like <laughs> yeah. four bullets to hit a headshot. The other one didn't couldn't for the life of him, remember the way the map was laid out. So he'd be like running away from an enemy and he'd like turn down a dead end. Dead end. And the other two of us would be like, no, that's the dead end. No. no and he'd be no, like, no, that's the heart door. No, that's the heart key. Drop fuck up, man. <laughs> no, heart door. We can't go through there. He's going to smash you. No, leave me alone. I know where I'm going. Get down there. Heart yeah. door. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> and I was the like, Taking way too long here, guys. Like, what are you searching every yeah. cupboard for? And it's like, there might be something useful. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, right, exactly. well, we have to find a way for this to get in the inventory. And people are like, it's wooden planks. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> there's a window back yeah. there that we can board up you with remember? these. Wooden- <laughs> exactly. So this, this is what I'm like. See? Yeah. I'll, I'll just bust the um, zombies who are at that window. I'll just like rinse four bullets into him. Right, he's not going to come back, forgetting that they respawn. Yeah. And he says, ah, oh, see, I'm just <laughs> rushing through this. I'm just trying to fucking get to the destination. Yeah, it's becoming a bit of like a, um, a bit of a tradition with me and those two friends. Like, we did it with Resident Evil 4. We played the whole game in one day. We did it with Resident Evil 7. We did the same thing. Now Resident Evil 2. And of course, they're releasing Resident Evil 3 remake in a few months. So I think we're going to yeah. do it again with that. 
The way that they so uh, they announced that as well was fantastic. Did you actually hear? Not only the trailer, but they oh, yeah, um, the, that the multiplayer updated, thing. Yeah, they updated the demo, and a lot of people, like eagle-eyed people, were a bit like looking at it. Just went, "What do you mean? It's got a twenty like a like a December twenty twenty or a December twenty nineteen update?" And they're like, "It's a demo, and the game's been out for." Months. The Resident so Evil what do you 2 mean demo. you? Yeah. So the Resident Evil Two demo was updated in at the start of December. Okay. And everyone was like, "Well, this is a bit weird," which kind of forced people or eagle-eyed, especially if you got the demo and the game. So they must have. Um, so on the PlayStation, for example, if you go into like your games library, it will just come up and just be like recently updated. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, well, why is the Resident Evil demo recently updated? So they went on to it and started playing it. And it took them ages to figure out what had really changed in it. But if you go outside uh, in the first... So as soon as you get into the police station, uh, it all locks up and then you, uh, you know, it all gets bombarded. You're able, you get given a key or a key gets dropped on the floor or by the desk. If you pick up the key, you can open the front door and you can go outside. And if you go outside and again, it doesn't lead anywhere. It just leads um, to the, to the fire exit where the plane or the helicopter crashes in and Mr. X appears Mm -hmm. when you go left. And if you go right, you go pretty much where Jill enters the police station. Okay. Um, So it wasn't any new and, and or same part of the game. It was just we were able to access this part of the game sooner. It doesn't get you anywhere because you don't have the keys to unlock either side. But you're able just to stand outside in this forecourt area uh, where the gate is. And if you walk towards the um, if you walk toward the front gate where all those zombies are, and you wait, and you don't have to wait long. I think it's like fifteen twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. You can hear Nemesis screaming stars. Okay. Like in the distance. And then you're like, what's that? And then you can feel the rumble of his footsteps on the joypad. And you're just like, no. And then it does it again, but louder. And he's getting closer. He never actually appears, <laughs> but the audio gets louder as if he's coming for you. Um, and then that, and then the trailer was released. So they kind of did a little Easter egg teaser to say that we're working on number three. That's cool. So yeah, it's, it, it was, it was a really good. Like, especially for eagle-eyed Resident Evil 2 fans who still had the demo on their console or their PC. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, independent of all that stuff, the game itself is just very good. <laughs> yeah, uh, We've only played it through once. We haven't done a Claire playthrough, but I do want to do that um, at some point. I think it is good what they did with it. Like, it's different enough, but similar enough for it to be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So, like you just said, if you only did one, um, you wouldn't miss the main story points. But if you do both, it kind of fills out the story a bit more. Um, and then there's a... There's, like, the extra stories as well, the DLC, isn't there? Did that come out? Um, yeah, so you can okay. do... And it's more like an... Ar- you know when um, Dead Rising did it? They did, like, an arcade mode. Oh, yeah. Sort of play style and it's like that so it adds on to little bits of the story but um they're more arcade-esque 
so it's less you can move quicker and you get power ups and stuff like that in them. Oh, okay. Um, so it is, it is quite fun, uh, but short. Yeah. But again, people keep saying it's worth it. So yeah, they just done well with it. I think I'm just really impressed. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I, I yeah. don't know what your wife's into, Dave, but maybe something you could play with your wife. Pass the controller back and forth. Get scared. Have a laugh. Have some. Yeah, possibly actually. Scared yeah. panic sex. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, all the time. There's nothing I like feeling more during sex than scared and panicked. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't have one without the other, to be honest. Uh, right, the next game I will talk about is Wargroove, um, which I didn't play much of. Wargroove? Wargroove. That rings a bell. That rings a bell, but I can't picture it. Uh, I had a stag do in London, and I bought Wargroove yes. to go down there. It's basically Advance Wars... Um, but not. <laughs> yeah. There's no guns. No, yeah. Um, there's a lot of more unit interactions. So, like, you'll have a unit where it's like, this is a spear guy. If he's one square north of another spear guy, he gets critical attack damage on his next attack or something like that. Very specific yeah. interactions between all the different units. Um, a lot of depth there. Very, very difficult. Um, but it just, it was one of those games that I had it on the Switch, and as I started playing other things, you know, you play your Switch less. You're playing a game, and then you've got podcasts to listen to on the commute, so you don't take your Switch for the commute. So then you yeah. don't end up playing it for a few months, and then I just fell off Wargroove. But it's very good. I, I would recommend it. Um, but it's tough. If you've not played like an Advanced Wars style game before, I think you would find it too hard to get into, probably. Yeah. Which I don't know if that describes you. Well, the fact that I don't have a uh, Switch is probably... <laughs> I, it might be on other things now. I just know I play Oh, actually, yeah, it says here it's on PlayStation 4. So. Uh, you know, you've got one of those. You're a PlayStation, yeah. PlayStation 4 man now. I, th- I, I think this is definitely something that I would consider. Well, you yeah. maybe should, Dave. Maybe you will. Uh, I didn't play much of that, but I did play the entirety of Sekiro Shadows Die Twice this year, which is a bad game. How'd you find it? It it won so many Game of the Year awards. It won the Game Awards Game of the Year award, and I I was in disbelief, because I don't think it's a good game at all. I Okay, so... You right, this I'm gonna I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go on record and okay. say that this is not a game that I would be remotely interested in. You're not a Dark Souls guy. Okay. This is it. Um Soulsborne games I've got absolutely no interest in them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when they just come from and again it's not the fact um it's it's not the challenge that puts me off it. I think it's just more again, like I said, it's the patience thing. Yeah. It's the, oh God, it's just so, like, arduous is the way that I describe it. It feels like, oh, why am I doing this? Why am I attacking these people? And, you know, why am I, oh, just, and then all of the, for me, I need, uh, I need some story. I need something that kind of motivates me to play on. And they're like, yeah, there is story. Yeah, hidden in like textbooks and lore. Yeah. I can miss some of it. I feel like I need a guide to figure out where the fuck all the books are. And, you know, if I don't have much motivation, I understand that, you know, pe- I understand why people enjoy it. 
Um, I get that. I'm just saying is that it's not my game, mm-hmm. and I um, and I think that you, but you like the Soulsborne games. Yeah, I think Dark Souls, the original Dark Souls, is just like a fucking fantastic <laughs> game, in my opinion. No matter what genre you like, but it it appeals to something very specific that I like, which is. I like a game that gives you a shitload of options and choice because I like to try out a bunch of different things and I like to pick something specific to me and go down that path. Like, not to get too much into other stuff, but I'm playing Path of Exile with some friends. Path of Exile is like six years old at this point, so it's not. Um, but it's renowned for having this gigantic skill tree. Like, you can zoom out on it and zoom out on it and zoom out on it. Yeah. It's like absolutely ginormous. And I just decided yeah. I want to summon things. So there's a bunch of things where, like, if you summon a minion, it explodes when it dies, and it's, like, all the way over the other fucking giant side of this skill tree is that <laughs> skill, and you've got to work your way there, and I'm, like, just figuring it out. I have two friends I'm playing with who hate it, because they're like, no, I need a specific build, I need to know where I'm going, and, and I'm just like, ah, I want to get that, I'm going towards that thing, ah, and just trying it out. And Dark Souls is very good at letting you do that, you know, you'll find a new weapon, it'll be like, plus two magic damage and you're like okay i guess i'll put some points in that and try this out and i love that um well sekiro has fucking none of that sekiro you have the same weapon from start to finish you don't upgrade any like armor there's certain things you get like um with your prosthetic hand i believe it was called yeah where it's like now you can throw a shuriken or now you can throw a firecracker and it's like, well, yeah. that's not that exciting. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, they said that it's a lot more. Um, they said that they're they're taking the samurai combat very seriously, and you know that sort of waiting, pouncing, a lot more realistic style combat where you wouldn't go in there and start hacking and slashing. You're obviously waiting for the killing blow, um, and you're trying to like play sword chess. Yeah, it's uh, but I was just like, it's it's kind of similar. Like the fight style looks very similar to, um, oh, what's that Viking Ninja game? Viking. Oh, um, the, the Ubisoft one. Yeah. Oh, Dave, what is it called? I know I can see it in my head. For Honor. Yeah, literally. It's For Honor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, full honor, and it's that rock paper scissors style combat where if I do this, you can do that, and therefore I can counter with this, and I can counter with that, etc. Um, and it, it just it would just get on my nerves. Well, like the thing is, Dave, oh, it's not that at all. I thought it was going to be not? that as well. Here's what it is, right? It's this enemy is going to go slash break, slash break, slash 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 break, slash slash. And you have to memorize that to oh, like parry, right. parry, yeah. parry, 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 counterattack. And if you don't do that, you get hit and you take a shitload of damage. It's like it's not difficult. But I, I get you now. Yeah, a lot of people said, "All oh, right." A lot of the reviews that I've read said it's like playing a rhythm game but with swords. Yeah, it's not. And now difficult. I understand what you mean. It's not like it's like going Donkey Konga but with the <laughs> parry button. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's difficult in the way that. You know, if you had to do that exact rhythm I just said perfectly, it would take you, like, some practice. Yeah. That's it. If you fight the same boss 
50 times, you're going to beat him eventually. It's just how much patience you have. It's not hard in like yeah. a, in an interesting way for me, at least for what I like in games. Um, it, it, I just didn't enjoy it at all. I thought the combat was think- way too simplistic. Yeah. And it's obviously a choice. I'm not saying they fucked up. Like, they obviously did exactly what they wanted to do, and it worked for a shitload of people. But for me, it was just so uninteresting and dull. Like, I completed it so I could have the conversation with people, so I could say, no, it's bad, and I completed it, and I can tell you why it's bad, and we can have this conversation. Yeah, I love that resilience of yours, where you said, I was going, no, I'm going to complete it, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do everything it's asked me to do, so that when I say it's shit, you can't say it's because you're crap. Yeah, yeah. No, I've completed <laughs> the game. I just found it a chore. It helps that I had nothing else to do. I think if a single other game had come out, I would have been like, well, fuck this Sekiro shit. But because nothing else came out around that time, it's like, fine, I'll keep plugging away to beat this. Oh, nothing's still come out. Fine, I'll play more Sekiro. Like, out of obligation, pretty much. But yeah, I I really like the Dark Souls games. I want to play Bloodborne. Um, I've started it, and then a friend said, oh, we could play that together as some co-op. And I was like, okay, I'll wait for you. And then... I'm still waiting for it. Never <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um, never happened. But yeah, I'm, I'm well into like the Dark Souls type of game, but this isn't that. They sort of made a massive departure. And they, they yeah. have a game coming out. I don't know if it's coming out in 2020. Elden Ring? But it's coming out at some point in Yeah, I've future. heard that, yeah. There's, yeah. Another, there's oh. another Samurai game that's coming out as well. And the I've Sony got one. it. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a Sony title. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. I thought Sekiro was that game. And so I was disappointed <laughs> when it came out. And Go, I went, oh, Ghost I was well hyped for that. Um, yeah, that's it. And then then I saw, oh, released in 2020, the Ghost of, and then I just went, oh, no, that's the one I was looking forward to. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that still brings it out. Um, I've figured out I've played another game in 2019 <gasps> that actually came out. I know. Uh, it's You reminded me with your other... Um, with your, for God's sakes, I've just forgotten. No, hang on. Uh, that game you were speaking about. No, uh, Wargroove. You reminded <laughs> yeah. me when you were talking about Wargroove that I've also played a game similar, um, an RPGs style turn-based combat um, game okay. uh, called For the King. Oh yeah, and you this talked came about out, this. Yeah, and this came out on Game Pass, um, and it was one of their um, kind of flagship games to say you know oh it's indie and it's good and i played it with again it's a free player co-op turn-based combat dungeons i want to say dungeons and dragon-esque so Mm -hmm. you you choose a um you choose a character type and that character is great at this and shit at others so um but it, it, it is it's fantastic we've only completed one campaign there's multiple campaigns to complete so it is very much like Dungeons and Dragons. Huh. You choose, you choose a campaign. You choose your character. Um, you you can customize that campaign with different uh, loot drops and uh, different enemy types. Uh, but in that campaign, there are certain enemies that will stay the same, and there will be bosses that will stay the same, and the main quest is still the same. What's the gameplay? 
so the gameplay is literally like a dice rolling. I, I'm just going to say it's Dungeons and Dragons. I just realized that actually I'm just explaining Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you roll a dice and you're on a hexagonal board okay. and you kind of just move in towards. So depending on how good your dice roll is, depends on how many times you can move. Um, the object of the game is to, as a group, loot um, is to defeat the big evil of the campaign. So the campaign that we played, it was a wizard who was spreading darkness over the world, and you had to defeat bloody wizards. Gen- yeah, fucking wizards, <laughs> uh, always in the darkness. Uh, but and not, uh, I believe in a thing called love. I really wanted that to be a thing, you know, like the 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 shell crab ship just like slowly gliding along the map, and then the darkness starts playing. Anyway, uh, but. You have to defeat his generals and then eventually kill him. Mm-hmm. So there are four generals that you have to defeat. Um, but obviously they're super powerful. So to defeat them, you, you've got to loot caves, level up, improve your loot, get money, uh, and then also buy certain stuff. So we had to get a boat and we also had to get a hot air balloon Don't uh, to get to the final destination. So okay. you kind of have to, you just quest pretty much. You roll your dice, you move forward. Um, you can interact with um, different artifacts on the board. So there's like um, wishing wells. There are um, traveling carnivals. There are enemies. There are um, like marketplaces. There are towns. And uh, each one does certain things. So uh, there are also these um, totems that you can like pray to and uh, they get you buffs and stuff like that. So um, things like the wishing well, uh, I was a hunter and therefore had no luck. So if I went to a wishing well, I I had like a 2% chance of getting anything good. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even joking. Like it gives you like five options and it's like, um, uh, you can roll the dice. Um, there are these things called focus that you can use and they're um, depending on your class depends on how many you get and also depends on your weapons it can boost it um, but uh, as a hunter I start with free focus now you can use the focus to um, each attack or each action is out of a hundred and if you imagine like the harder it is that a hundred percent is split between more uh, action points okay. and so it kind of fills up like a grid it's like doom 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 if you get like if you get 100% then that's the best outcome if it's in battle for example I you know each attack has uh, a number of different blocks it needs to fill to get 100% if you use a focus it fills in those blocks Okay. and so you've got less blocks down to chance um so, for example, uh, with the wishing well, for me, it had five blocks to get 100% success. Okay. 100% success meant that you got something like one extra life. The other four blocks literally just said death, die, get poisoned, die, success. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay then. Well, I'm not going to do this wishing well because I've literally got three out of five chance of dying. Mm-hmm. And when you die, it's permadeath. If right. you die, you're fucking not coming back. So I just said, uh, no, walk away. My brother was a wizard. He had like high luck, which means that 
each one of those options then for him changed. So it was like, uh, if you just roll, uh, if you get one block and none of the rest fill in, then um, you get like an extra life. If you get 100%, all five of them fill in, then you get a new weapon and a helmet. Like he had like so much luck. So it was strategic as well. So, you know, oh, wishing well has turned up. Right. Get the wizard down there to get me some loot. Uh, and then it'll be like, oh, there's an archery competition. So obviously a wizard's going to be shit at it. But a hunter being me, I would probably win it and like win gold coins. So it was a lot of questing. It was a lot of fun. It was one of those casual games where you didn't have to be fully invested in it. Uh, you could chat whilst playing it. It was more of a social game, but really entertaining. We completed the first campaign, like I said, and each campaign gets harder. Um, and we've been meaning to start another one for months, but we just haven't. Um, but yeah, fully, fully recommend if you've got a group of friends to play it with um, and you're into that sort of casual D&D dice rolling now, there were some things in it that really piss you off, but I think that's the essence of the game. Like, there's going to be there's going to be some dice rolls that really don't go in your favour, and um, you're going to get proper angry about that. But I think that is the whole point of the game. It brings a really nice character to it, and, you know, you can laugh it off and um, carry on. So, yeah, it's... It was really good, actually. I love it. It's a game uh, I've not heard anyone but you talk about, but you do sell well, it quite it. well. Yeah, it is worth it. It is worth it. Um, but yeah, another game that I didn't play, but I know that you, I hope you did, um, Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. That's a game that we can't really end 2019 without talking about, seeing as everyone ranted and raved about it. It's very good. It's uh, on Game Pass. Why, why the fuck aren't you playing it right now? Oh, no, now? I've downloaded it. Okay. I've downloaded it. It just, I just haven't played it. It's very good. It, it's, I don't know if you ever played Fallout before. Um, no, this is the thing. I have not been a Fallout fan, but everyone keeps saying it's that New Vegas is the best one, and this is like a Fallout New Vegas game, which everyone wanted. Yes, it, it's essentially a Fallout game in space. Uh, it's a very interesting world with interesting characters. I think the story does kind of let itself down at a certain point, but it doesn't matter that much because the characters they give you are so much more interesting than that overall story anyway. Yeah. As long as you're spending time with those characters, then it doesn't really matter. Plus they they set up some really interesting things about that universe where you're like, okay, I I just want to be in this universe more. I don't really care if there's such and such a leader of such and such a faction wants such and such a MacGuffin. As long as I'm just in this world, I'm interested. It's very good. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. Know I think that's that. it's definitely something I'd want to uh, play on. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but saying that, actually, nice lead on because mm. it is on my list. But so those are the games in 2019 which we played. That I mean, I have a lot more that I've played. Just yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Is there any more actually before we move on? Is there is there another game that you want to mention before we move on? Uh, I mean, okay. So I'll, I'll just go through them quick fire. Borderlands three, yeah, plays like a fucking yep. dream. It's fucking great. Borderlands three is mint. I'm gonna keep playing Borderlands three all the rest of this year as they release DLC. Like I'm gonna keep playing that. Um, Outer Wilds was really really good people are hailing it as some like worker genius i don't think it's that but it's very very good um if you don't know it's 
set in a solar system where time resets every like 20 minutes when the sun explodes and you (laughs) are given no quest markers you're just putting this solar system and it says okay go on and then you just it's up to you to you go to pick which planet to go to and you explore that planet and you'll find something on there that maybe directs you to another planet or maybe fills in a bit of information about this universe and it's it's really cool uh i wouldn't place it like massively high on my list even though i love sci-fi and it's very much a sci-fi uh sort of based game but it Mm. is very good i would highly recommend it but for me yeah see this is it it's definitely on my list Anyway, you're literally filling out my next list, but carry on. Okay. Um, Untitled Goose Game, charming as fuck. Oh, yes. Thumbs up. Um, Yeah, yeah, literally that's it. That's it. Just (laughs) thumbs up. Fantastic. Play it. It's it's like two hours of your life, which you'll appreciate. Yeah. There we go. Go. It was like 12 quid, which I wouldn't, I definitely don't pay 12 quid for it, but. No, but now he's on Games Pass. Is it? So, yeah. Mate. Well, it's a, it's a, genius for them to put it on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, also on Game Pass is Void Bastards. Um, yes. Which is good. Sorry, really it's... excited because I know that game. <laughs> it's uh, it's good. It's the kind of game you can play in short bursts or for hours. Um, it's got a little bit of a challenge to it. It's got a little bit of exploration to it. It's fine. It's good. You should play Void Bastards mm. if you have Game Pass, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Super Liminal. Is a puzzle game. Oh yeah. Where, oh god, how do I even? Where perspective is the gameplay mechanic. So yeah. The way you look at things is the way you interact with them. If that makes sense. Like yeah. Like if you put your head really close to something and it looks massive, it it then, then it is that is size massive. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you've got to solve puzzles by changing the, your perspective of the item and thus changing its size. Exactly. And that's kind yeah. of kind of the whole point of the game is trying to encourage people to look at problems from a different perspective. Uh, yeah, and then break out as well. Like you know, I've yeah. seen a couple of people play it and they frustratingly have played it just so linear and just gone, oh, I've got to the end. And I was just like, well, clearly there's other shit that you... You, what? Why have you just gone in a straight line and gone, oh, well, that was a quick game. I was just like, no, clearly there's, it literally says all around the wall, you know, you can escape these zones and they just don't. There's like, oh no, it's one. Yeah. There's so I was just like, look, it's, it's definitely one of those games that I want to play for myself and fully explore. Yeah. There's a lot of things it has in common with like Portal and stuff like that, where you're yeah. kind of thinking, What's going on behind the scenes of these puzzles that I'm solving? Uh, yeah. It, I don't think it quite sticks to landing on that stuff, but it's overall message of, what, you can't solve this problem? Have you tried, like, changing the way you're looking at it? It's super interesting. And the gameplay mechanic in the game of, like, I move away from this thing and then pick it up and it's tiny, is, like, that never stopped blowing my fucking mind the whole time <laughs> yeah, I was playing it. That never stopped making me giggle and go, holy shit, how does that work? It's so like, cool. just as a From a game designer point of view, how complicated that is. It's in VR as well, isn't it? I've seen a lot of people playing in VR, oh, but God. is it... 
I don't know. I, I don't know how it would work without it being 2D. I don't know how your brain... Because if it's in 3D, you would know that... Oh, man. You would know the size of the object you were looking at. Yeah. Oh, that hurts my brain to think about. Anyway, yeah, exactly. it's um, Very good. It's like three hours long. But the gameplay mechanic is really, really good. I think if it was any longer, it would be like, ah, oh, maybe this needed some time chopping off it. But it's like just the right length, just the right gameplay mechanic, just the right level of puzzle where you, you know that feeling where you think, oh, God, I can't solve this. And then you're like, oh, I've got it. I'm a genius. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got, got it, that got about it. Now. it. Got it now. <laughs> um, so I, I would recommend Superliminal. But again, that was like 15 quid, I think. And it's like, ah. If that's ever on Game Pass, Superliminal is a game you should yeah. play. Uh, and I guess the final thing I actually asked to talk about is Control, which I have played and is very good. Yeah. Um, the game plays. It's a lot of people's fun. game of the year, actually. I can see why, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot of people's game of the year. Like, a lot of people have said it's the first game uh, since, like, God of War that they've wanted to 100% complete, where, you know, it just kept offering interesting extras that they wanted to do yeah um which is which is high praise actually in the common market um you know of that's your lot Mm -hmm. now fuck off so (laughs) yeah um yeah so i'll be interested to actually play it but again uh, my back catalog is massive so i will i have said to myself i can't play a game until i've completed all of these um playstation titles and xbox game pass titles which i've downloaded Right. So I'm probably going to be here till 2022, but you know. Well, Control is one of those games. I only got it. Um, I'd heard good things about it, obviously, but I only got it because it was on sale on the Epic Store for 33 pounds, and then they also gave everyone a 10 pound coupon for the store. Nice. So it was like 23 quid for that, and I ended up playing it for like 30 hours. So it's like I got my money's worth, and then some. Yeah, definitely. In my opinion, uh, it's really good. The overall story. Um, has a lot of strength and a lot of weakness to it, so it's like yeah. not quite very well balanced. They're clearly setting up some kind of DLC, it seems like, because the game ends, yeah, but the main that. threat isn't dealt with, and it's like ah fuck. Ah. If, this had, if this had had a proper like stick the landing as well, then it would have been like yeah. oh shit, that's a game of the year fucking game right there. Um, yeah. But instead, it's like oh that was the end of the game. Uh, okay, I guess I'll try doing some of that high score challenges and then you try a few and you're like nah okay I'll uninstall this it was good but, yeah um, but no controls not that good. it plays so well you you have a telepathy skill which you pick up items around you and throw them at enemies and that's the most satisfying gameplay mechanic in the world it like locks onto enemies you can pick up anything so it'll be <laughs> like sometimes it'll just be there's nothing around me so I'll like rip a chunk out of the floor and throw an enemy Sometimes oh. it's like you'll just be in a, a fight and you'll not be sure what you're going to grab. And you just press the button and like a forklift will drift into view. Like that's what you grabbed. It's like, I have a forklift, you motherfucker. And you dab it in the face. It's so satisfying. Um, and there's some stuff later on in the story, which would be spoilers as to what abilities you get. That is like, yeah. why doesn't every game have this ability? Every game would be yeah. better if you could do this, which I'm not going to spoil, obviously. Um, but control is uh, a plus. Fucking well, you've sold that game. to me, so I'm definitely gonna invest in that when I can. So Tw- yeah, twenty five pounds is like a sweet spot. Where I would say if you see it for that price, that's a good get price. It. Yeah, 
yeah. maybe in like a CEX oh, or something like that, you'd find it for that. I don't know. Yeah. We're not sponsored. See, you've now filled, so I'll, I'll add it to my next list. But yeah, the next list that I was going to say and like want to discuss is, uh, you know, so these are the games that we played in 2019, but what the games that we missed. So the ones in which I obviously just now added is, you know, so we've got Control. Uh, missed that. Sounds amazing. Now I want to play it. Borderlands 3. I've known that for ages, ever since it was released. Uh, wanted to play it. And if anything, all of my suspicions about the game has been confirmed. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, yes, please. Um, I think the only thing that's put me off about Borderlands 3 is the fact that the main characters are endlessly annoying. Or no, the main villains. Sorry. Yeah, but, but I mean, but on the plus side, that's exactly what they're meant to be. Yeah, you want to shoot them in the uh, face, mate. That's the point. You want to shoot them in the face, exactly. <laughs> and then I was thinking, like, actually, um, Handsome Jack in Borderlands Two, what a wanker. Yeah. And so, yeah, you kind of, it's kind of like a Borderlands expectation that the that the main villain is going to be, or the villains in this case are going to be absolute douchebags that you can't wait to kill. Um, Outer Wilds, you've played it, you've explained it quite well, so I won't go into more detail, but, you know, I watched a YouTube video of it and was just hooked, and I just stopped the series there and then. I said, I can't, I can't let this person discover this game. I've got to play it. Yeah, so It's an experience. It's definitely one of those things where, you know, it's just kind of entertaining to discover it yourself rather than watch someone else discover it i think you know the whole i think it lands harder when you do the journey yourself so i definitely want to do that yeah uh you know to catch up pretty much gears war 5 like i've mentioned really want to uh complete that Um, if you complete gears war 5 and you want to do some horde mode i've still got it installed on my pc and there's crossplay so you just let me know yes sunshine Hell yes, let's do that. Um, another game which I've seen lots of, and it's finally come available on Game Pass, is My Friend Pedro, which is like a side-scrolling, platforming, physics-defying shooter, where like every single time you jump and you go into like bullet time, Matrix-esque flipping mode, and it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. It's a bit um high score based um arcade game but it looks like one of those dropping games which i can i've installed it and i yeah. can just play it whenever i'm bored yeah, and just go oh, let's just do let's just do a couple of missions on pedro and see uh, if i can beat my high score so um it's looks really fun banana in it right yeah that's pedro all right great so yeah i'm very much looking forward to that and uh last one on my list is um star wars so the fallen order and i was very much i was very much reserved with this so uh, i was excited because it's a star wars game i was excited because it's a campaign uh i was excited that um you know it was a it was a jedi story that linked but wasn't necessarily canon um so refers to all the main p- bits, the universe as a larger entity. But uh, again, haven't thought about the story or played the game, so I don't know whether it is actually canon uh-huh. or not. But regardless, I was reserved because it's a Star Wars game published by EA and they are shit at doing this. Uh, uh, 
uh, saying that, a lot of my friends have played it and said it's outstanding. Uh, a lot of my friends have also said is that the advert, so the advertising and like the the kind of selling of the game was so badly done. They said it's a lot more open world than the trailer gives it credit for. Uh, Any other gameplay trailers give it credit for. They said it's a lot more like God of War in the style of here is your play zone. Um, you need to go here, but you can also go over there if you want to, uh, but don't go too far. Or you can't go there because you don't have the key card sort of thing. Right. So it gives you this play zone, allows you to play in it. If you just want to do the story, do that. My mate did that. My mate was like, it's a bit boring. You just get it done. And then my other mate was just like, but did you just ham through the story mode like you usually do? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, well, there's a lot more in the world to discover. <laughs> um, so he says it's a lot more God of War, uh, he said, or Tomb Raider. But he says it's a lot more. He said he compares it more to God of War because of the interest of it. He said Tomb Raider was a bit boring in the case of it's the same sort of shit that you're discovering. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says in um, like so in God of War they were like oh there's a challenge down there if you want to defeat that or oh actually if you explore over there you can do this oh actually you can loot that over there oh and now I'll go back to the main story um, so he says it, it feels a lot more casual and just exploration and then you go back to the Star Wars bit but he said the lightsaber battles are really fun he said the customization is a lot more than is advertised as well okay. so he says there's a lot more pros in it so i kind of said right i think i've heard enough i think i want to experience it but again because it's ea it just never goes down in price it's like it's still 50 quid oh and you sit there it's going even second hand you sit there it's going yeah 48 pounds and you're just like fucking hell man <laughs> it's not like you know jesus christ am i ever gonna get this under 40 quid don't you uh, have like um I saw a news article recently about their own Game Pass type service. I think they made it really cheap on Xbox or something like that, wasn't it? Am I wrong? It's EA Access. Yeah, Access. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So EA Access, and you're right. They can. Yeah, they've made it really. So if you want EA Access member, they've made it really cheap. Well, there you go. There's your way in, mate. So, um, so yeah, that's the point. Actually, I might just get a free trial of EA Access and assuming it's it, you're like log on it'll be like play Anthem and you're like no I want to play the newer game that you no Anthem's on here no oh. no the Anthem remember this <laughs> uh, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a road map play, play Anthem you're you're Iron Man but faster play don't, Anthem don't play Anthem don't play Anthem is shit <laughs> Uh, but he said, yeah, so that's my short list. And we spoke about a lot of those games regardless, so we don't need to go into more detail. But is there any games that you've missed and you feel like you need to catch up on? Um, a lot of people talking about someone called Disco Elysium. Which oh, is like yes, actually, RPG. yes. Similar to what you said about uh, For the King, like it's sort of based around dice rolls and stuff like that. Um, as to how you progress yeah. in like a conversation with somebody. Yeah, um, they sounds- said that... Interesting. They said it's like a com- a combination of like a Skyrim esque um, conversation tree, and your skills unlock different options, but the skill is still based on luck. Yeah. So if you roll it, and well, not even that, all the all the outcomes are based on luck. So it will just give you a gen- generic response, 
and it'll be like um respond or witty response standard response angry response or convince things like that but it's based on a dice roll and i I think someone said is that um they did a um a flirty response and they said um the 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 variety of response is incredible depending on what your dice roll is so if a flirty response and it's like 100 percent great you turn out like brad pitt and she gets all like flustered and being like oh and I, I don't know what to do and then if you just completely fail the dice roll he just like mumbles stuff and just goes oh well uh great tits and i want to fuck you <laughs> and like, you know he just slurs it out like a drunken buffoon <laughs> and it just ruins the entire conversation so it does sound like it's a a great game to uh fully get yourself into yeah. with like enough variety that each person's playthrough is going to be different so yeah, yeah but, that's but I, I feel like the gameplay is going to be lacking it seems like it's a lot yeah. of conversations and stuff which it's fine, but I, I just don't know if it would hold my attention. But I, I'm more than willing to give it a try if it's if it pops up on like a Game Pass or if the Epic Store yeah. gives it away or whatever. I'm sure I'll try it. But it's just one of those games I've not gone out of my way this year to try. That I am still up for trying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I think that's good. I think that's good. Right, so before we move on to the decade, I wanted to just quickly chat about the platforms that we've been using uh, that have come out. And I think we've mentioned it about 12 times already, but I think a highlight of 2019, especially, it didn't really come out, but, you know, especially in regards to improvement, is the Game Pass. Like, when it was first announced and Microsoft were like, we're going to put all these great titles into an easy, accessible um library which you can pay a reasonable amount of money towards and will continue to be updated with new uh, titles and old titles and a lot of them are now actually staying on there for longer yeah uh i sat down was just like great this is going to be fantastic for about two months and then once they get the money it's going to be shit yeah it's either going to be uh, way too expensive or yeah, the exactly. games are going to like be on there for a a month and then go you'll be halfway through a game and it'll yeah. disappear off your console or some bullshit this is it it will just vanish yeah. and this is what I was thinking like right it's just going to be crap there's obviously a limit to the server space like yeah. they can't put there's already about 250 games on it and you sit there and go well 250 games shared between all the users that is some serious processing power in those servers so I understand that there is a limit to the amount of games that they can have in their library I don't mind them updating it like that Um, but I think what needs to be discussed is the fact that it has it's now almost the only way that I am now consuming games like I haven't walked into a CEX store or a game store to buy a game in actual months Mm -hmm. and that's not saying that I haven't and this is what I mean is that I've played loads of games this year but I'm not even sure if any of them came out in 2019 because all of them have been on Game Pass um, or on PlayStation Um, and I'll come to that in a minute but Game Pass is just it's actually done more than I ever expected it to (laughs) and I think what like all my pessimism around surrounding it it's just vanished i just kind of just went i went oh 
well, actually, when it first came out, I just went, there's, no, there's literally no games on here that I really want to play. And then I delved a little bit deeper and slowly it was updating and suddenly more titles that you want to explore. But I think what's great about it is that if it's, if it's a game that looks good, sounds good, you can install it, play it for two hours, go, it's shit, uninstall it, no harm done. Yeah. Like, you know, literally no harm done. And I think the main selling factor for me was the the Game Pass Ultimate. Now, that this is a literal genius move from uh, Microsoft because it now brings Game Pass into the extremely affordability mark. Because the... Um, the Game Pass Ultimate gives you games uh, gold, so Xbox Gold, yeah. uh, Xbox Live Gold, which means that you can play online, um, as well as the Game Pass. Yeah. And I think it's like £11 a month, where normal games with gold was 8 Right. I think they raised the price. I think it was about 8 quid a month. Uh, but what you can do is they keep giving out these free offers or like you know um, spend a pound uh, and get Game Pass Ultimate for three months mm-hmm. but what happens is is that if you like me if you prepay for Xbox Live Gold and you can get it cheaper from digital key websites it's not massively cheaper but cheaper yeah so you've paid for £40 for a year if you activate Game Pass Ultimate it converts your prepaid gold into ultimate which means that i've got two years worth of game pass for a quid right which was ridiculous um but they know this like microsoft uh uh, you know someone was like i think it was on GameSpot. they were smart journalists like did you know that this was a hack and they were like no it's not a hack obviously we've allowed you to do this yeah. Like we know that this is what's going to happen because what we want is that we want to convert everybody who's on games with uh, uh, Xbox Live Gold into Ultimate because we're going to slowly get rid of Gold. Like that's yeah. the plan, isn't it? Uh, but what I mean is, is that for eleven pounds you get your online pass and all of these games, including something like six free games a month yeah and it's so it's such good value for money especially if you're well for both types i'm a passive gamer and i don't i don't play a lot of games each month but it does allow me to get access to it and they're like releasing games on it which you kind of want to play as well like they've just released the new pez oh, and really? there's talk yeah they've they've got the new pez on there wow and um which is unheard of and new sports games. So EA is slowly releasing more up-to-date uh, NHL and NFL, so Madden titles as well. So they haven't released FIFA yet, but for like less popular games that EA owns mm-hmm. uh, in regards to sports games are going onto the Game Pass because they realize actually a lot of our audience would benefit from this. So I think you can play the most up-to-date NHL game on Game Pass as well, yeah. which is... You know, they're like £60 games. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying is that if you do it, it, I think it's definitely worth it if you do have the capital and you can buy it yearly. If you buy it yearly, I think it works out to be less than a 10 a month, which mm-hmm. is which is fantastic value. 
it's yeah, um, it's insane. Like, and so if they keep smart on of Microsoft as well, so smart. And then like they're saying is that you know you're saying is that some of the games are crossplay. Yeah. And if they keep if they keep that going, I can start playing PC games on my Xbox and <laughs> like. <laughs> The dream comes true, Gareth, and we can start <laughs> talking to each other. Like I'm saying, is that it's it's made me optimistic for the future. Like you know, if they keep on releasing these um, big titles on the Game Pass for free, well, as part of the subscription, because I think the thing is, yeah, with EA Access, like we just briefly discussed, is that if you pay the subscription to EA Access, you get discounted rates on EA games, new releases. And then you get a back catalogue of EA games. Yeah. But you sit there and go, well, EA, if you just change that one rule, people would suddenly be subscribing to EA Access left, right and centre. <laughs> the fact is that Game Pass has said there's there's no discount. You just get Cyberpunk. Yeah. You get Pez. You know, you get Outer Worlds. That's part of your subscription. Just have it. And... You know, they haven't been super greedy with it. They could have been super greedy with it. They could have, like we said, fucked it up royally, but they haven't. You know, and that makes me optimistic. I'm hoping, actually, it keeps on improving. It's got games like Sherlock Holmes on there. Download it. Wow. Honest. Done. Banger. Exactly. Um, But no, honest, my largest surprise this year is Game Pass. I think it is a platform in which hopefully is going to keep getting stronger yeah i mean the thing is not every company can do this right microsoft there's no no way microsoft are even breaking even on that deal right i mean you go two years for two quid there's no way that's what microsoft needs to make a no this is it yeah this is it but they understand that if they can get a user base installed it's that it's what everyone's been clamoring for for years it's the netflix of video games yeah we don't need to be able to stream it instantly off the internet because we have the attention span of a fly. But what we need no, exactly. is a good, solid library of games that... Like, you look through this library, there's not really one game where you're like, that's shit. Why, why would they put that on there? It's like, they just yeah. added Grand Theft Auto Five this week. Like, yeah. genius. Fucking ge- like there's It's got a good mix of, like, you know, The Witcher 3 is on there. But so is an indie game called Demon's Tilt. And it's like, what's that? I could have just yeah. tried that. But that's what like I mean. Like, you know, it's, it's a fantastic, like I said, so, um, one of my games, and I'll come back to it, but one of my games of a decade is, um, Edith Finch. Yeah. And it is a fantastic game. But if that wasn't on Game Pass, I would never have picked it up. Exactly. Because again, for me, twelve quid Ah fuck off. Like you know, I just I'm not gonna buy it. Yeah. But these titles, like things like For the King, I don't think I'd ever be able to experience one of the best games that I've played in twenty nineteen. Because I didn't think it was a game like if I saw that on the shelves, I'd be like, That's not a game for me. Yeah. But because it's so accessible, because my friends have it. Because we can all just look on Game Pass like I'm renting a blockbuster. You know, back in the day, yeah. when you would go into your, with your mates and say, "Oh, uh, should we play that one together?" And this is how we have conversations on Xbox. Like, you know, there's five of us, and we're just like, "Oh, um, should we just find a online multiplayer that we can do together?" Exactly, and, and it's not even just like 
for the king, which was an indie game. To, you could be playing GTA what? Five online with each other. Like yes, that's, that's a big deal, and I think that's the thing that Microsoft hit on, which is absolute genius. Which is when people said they wanted the Netflix of games, they didn't mean I want to stream games from the internet. They what they meant? No, I just want. A library, I want a games library that I can point that to I can and go, access. I'm bored. What have you got that's under two gigs in size that I can download in 20 minutes and be playing? That looks really interesting. Yeah, I want that. Or they have that, but they also have Gears of War 5 came out and it's on Game Pass yes. now. It's like, fuck, yes. Gears of War 5 is like and one I of the biggest games of the year and I can play it right now. I thought now. that was a limited release. I thought that was a limited release, but they said, no, it's staying on there. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. So I thought, oh, I've got a month of Gears of War. And they said, no, you've got a month of the uh, premium features. Yeah. Uh, with Game Pass Ultimate. And what that really boils down to is stuff like skins mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the online content. So they said, if you use it, you've got it free for a month as an advert. And then it's something like £5. Right. And so if you want it, Go onto the store and pay five pounds, and it's compatible with the Game Pass. And so you just do that. My mate did it because he plays a lot of online. Yeah. So he wanted like the skins and stuff like that because he benefits from it. But it hasn't changed my game. No. <laughs> I like what yeah. what Microsoft have understood, uh, which I think it's probably Phil Spencer, the guy who took over um, when the Xbox One yeah. launched, and they fired that guy because they were like. Everybody thinks this has to be online, otherwise it won't work. What the fuck have you done? Uh, exactly. Your um, press conference was so fucking confusing, no one wants to buy our console. Exactly. I mean, let's be real. PlayStation 4 won this. If there is a, such a thing as oh. winning a generation, PS4 won this yeah. generation, right? Microsoft yes, know definitely. that. They're not fucking idiots. So what they stead- said was, all right, we'll, we're going to we'll take the, the next L. Generation. Next generation's ours. We're going to set the groundwork now. So... You know, when they release their giant fridge of an Xbox next year, <laughs> you know, if you say you've like, been if a it PlayStation, doesn't have a beer fridge in the top, okay, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Let's say you've been a PlayStation Four user for this whole generation, which is mm. understandable because they had the better. It's fine, yeah, exactly. That's it. You're looking at the next Xbox, and you're like, okay, it looks like a fridge, but it's very, very powerful. And day one, I have everything that's in Game Pass. Yeah. Every single game, every and game Microsoft have released for the past five years, that they are going to give you a discount or like something stupid, like three months free. Yes, when exactly. you buy the console, and like Halo Infinite is going to launch when that console launches, like yep. instantly brand new Halo game. Like every launch game is probably going to be on Game Pass because that would be genius. And it's going to have so much backwards compatibility that yeah, probably everything done that's that, already actually. on there is going to work. They've updated the Master Chief Collection. That's what I was just thinking. Oh now. yeah, I they said, put Reach on me? it. I said, so "What took me so long to download it?" They've updated the Master Chief Collection, uh, and now you can play Halo One all the way through to Halo Five. Actually, fucking hell! Yeah, all of them. So you can play the Master Chief Collection, which goes up to Reach. Yeah, and then you can do Halo Three independent download, Halo Four independent download, and I think Halo Five is available or is going to be available mm-hmm. so you can literally like you just said by the time this new xbox releases you can play all the halo games that you didn't play and then catch up yeah and play this new one 
It's 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 just so it's just incredible. It's it's just so good. And they're not. And I mean that. Like, and I'm not. Like, uh, I'm. I would I would shit on it if it was bad. But <laughs> you just go. It could easily be like thirty pound a month. So easily. This is what I was expecting. But you know they've they've looked on it and they've gone okay. Then if you want a Netflix for Xbox, how much does Netflix cost? Like and eight, so the four K Netflix costs eight. Nine pounds, I think it is now. Well, and you probably share Nine that with a few a people, right? So it's like, well, yeah, exactly. I was about to say my fault, but um, yeah. So nine pounds a month, and they've gone okay. Then for eleven pounds a month, you can have this. Yeah, but it's cheap if you buy it in bulk. That's eleven pounds a month if you do the subscription. But if you buy it a year, it works out to be the same as Netflix. Yeah, which is and perfect. that's a no-brainer. That's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have an Xbox or a PC and you're not on Game Pass, then you done fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll quickly mention that my platform of the of 2019 was PlayStation 4 because I purchased it and suddenly <laughs> got a whole world of uh, games which I wasn't accessed to. Mm-hmm. So I've played God of War, Last of Us, Medieval, Spyro, Spider-Man, Shadow of the Colossus, uh, Uncharted. And I've also got Waiting in the Wings. Oh, what is it? It's um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, and then obviously Uncharted 4, which I've yet to complete. But I've played up to Uncharted... I've completed Uncharted 2. I've started Uncharted 3. But I'm just saying is that, you know, this whole generation of games, which I've just swallowed in 2019. <laughs> uh, Spit as a quitter, Dave. Yeah, you know, so it was, it, yeah, it was fantastic. So I'm very much looking forward to continue my education in PlayStation 4 as well as Game Pass. But I don't think we can close off this section without talking about VR. Um, and the fact that, Oculus has bought out a wireless headset. Yeah, the Quest. Like, like what the fuck, man? This is everything <laughs> go on. Are I you, heard that announcement. I saw a couple of videos, and then I just immediately just went, I, I, I need that in my life. I yeah. finally found a VR console, which I need. <laughs> Are you going to get like, one in your life? Uh, yeah, I'm looking into it. Yes. Yeah, I'm genuinely looking into getting the VR, because I'm looking into... Because I said that it works... The Oculus Quest works with certain resolution yeah, uh, with certain games, but you can play the other VR titles if you connect it to your computer. So they give you the extension lead and all of that. So it needs a bit more processing power. So I'm looking into what the requirements are for that, seeing if I need to update my computer. I think you probably will. <laughs> yeah. No, but what part? Because I've got I've I've I've, I've updated quite a bit of it uh, this year, so I just need to figure out what I need. Mainly the graphics card, I think, and what I can actually do with it, and how much that's going to cost. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take it all in, into consideration. But you know, it's the leaps and bounds of VR this year has have have been outstanding, like genuinely. If I was interested in watching a VR game on YouTube, just imagine how fun it would be playing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, VR is definitely a immersive experience. And for Oculus to come out and say, we finally have a console which 
uh, we reckon a lot of people are going to enjoy. And they're right. Um, <laughs> and they're right. So I cannot wait. How is your? How much of VR have you played this year? Uh, not too if much. Any. The problem with VR at the moment is the uh, the new software isn't really coming out. There's a new game. I think it's called Boneworks, which I've seen mm. the trailer for, which is sort of the latest thing that looks like an actual thing you would want to whip your VR out for, which is like a lot of physics-y stuff. The gameplay looks very dynamic. You know, that yeah. kind of stuff is always fun. But aside from like the next Half-Life being a VR exclusive, which, what the yeah. fuck? Um, it's, there's not really anything new out for it. There's stuff like Beat Saber, which... I will come back to for years to come, I'm sure. Uh, and there's yeah. a lot of things that are fun to do when there are other people around. But in terms of like, oh, I'll put the VR headset on for some fun VR games. Unless it's a shooting gallery or it's like Rec Room or Beat Saber. It's like, what's the point? Which is a, a bit yeah. of a shame. There's that shooting Beat Saber game, which I forgot what it's called, where you got to shoot to the beat. Right. Um, but... Um, yeah, like you said, I think I think once a lot of because let's be honest, like game developers are waiting for platforms sold before mm-hmm. they invest in games, and so if Oculus have finally come out with a accessible and affordable unit, more platforms are going to be sold, which means that more time is going to be spent on developing games for that platform. And like you said, for the time being, it's mainly just, have you experienced this? Or have you done that? Yeah. And they're these tidbit arcade games, uh, which are fun to play for a short time. Uh, but they're waiting for that one big experience to come out yeah, for what, the change. What this needs, ideal in an ideal world, it would be some kind of partnership between like Oculus and Microsoft, where it would be like, if you buy an Oculus Quest, you can hook it up to your next Xbox we're bringing out, and there will be some VR games on Game Pass. That would be the ideal thing, because then people who are just console gamers will be like, well, now I can get into VR for just the yeah. pounds it would take to buy the Quest. Um, but I don't I don't think it's going to happen. The PlayStation VR as no. well has its own problems, like the tracking is not the best, and... Yeah, a lot of people have said that to me. Well, if you've got a PlayStation, then just invest in the PlayStation VR. And I was just like, no. I was like, it's, 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 it's just a bit second rate is the best way to describe it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's that it's a second rate, uh, experience. And if I want to get into VR, I want it to be as good as it can be, really. So. And I think Game Pass will be the perfect thing for that because there are so many VR games where you're like, that looks oh, fine. It's this twenty quid. It. I'm never ever gonna play it then. Which yeah, is a similar definitely. thing that Game Pass would solve. If you had VR and it was like, that looks fun, I'll download that and try that in VR later. Like that's that's what it needs, but there's nothing like that on Oculus right now. Um you know, every game yeah. on there so all is the a game games, that I paid yeah. money for and it's like ah that's like, it. for two hours. This feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was about to say is that every single game you have to pay money for because again, the platforms aren't there, so they've got to make their money somehow. So I understand what it is. It is risk and reward. So hopefully, like you said, we get a games library that you can access and just be like, go on, download it, experience the VR. Um, 
and I think it'll be worth for companies to invest in it because that sort of platform or, or that sort of yeah that platform does sell consoles yeah you know when you say it's this easy to play games and they're like oh shit it is <laughs> uh, yeah let's do it rather than saying okay then now you got it okay super hot is two pounds but then if you want to buy anything else it's 12 pounds and sometimes it goes up to 30 pounds and you're like oh well fuck i've just got a headset which is collecting dust yeah which is unfortunately what mine's doing right now but they're making a new half-life game in exclusively vr yes i know i mean who knows what the fuck vr is going to be if you can just do that out of the blue when my headset's been collecting dust for six months like i don't fucking know is it good that I have this now? It's not felt good for the past few months. But oh, I yeah. don't fucking know. I don't regret my purchase of VR, but the Oculus Quest looks like the perfect middle ground. Yeah. So Oculus are, are yeah. in an interesting place. Will VR take off? The next few years are going to tell us. I think so, yeah. I think in the next three to four years, I think we will see VR becoming more dominant, almost like the Kinect wanted to be. Right. Like, you know, just imagine all of that uh, jargon that you heard uh, modeling you talk about the next level with the Connect. Okay, take all of that enthusiasm that he had, and that's actually what's going to happen with VR. Rather than. What if the next Xbox comes with a VR in it instead of a Connect? Oh my god, my brain would explode. <laughs> if they did like £500 for their Xbox or 700 for it with Oculus Quest included. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. a. Oh, fucking yeah. hell. Oh my god. That would literally probably make everyone jizz. Uh, but yeah. Oh, so good. Right, so we cannot end this podcast without, first of all, talking about the past and then the future of what's going to happen in gaming. So, obviously, a whole decade has passed. It has. Did you know that a Red Dead Redemption game started this decade and ended this decade? I did not know that, Dave. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption came out 2010. Red Dead 2, right at the end. 2018? wasn't it? It was last yeah. year, yep, yeah, and it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead 2, not as bad as Gareth keeps saying it is, what? but I understand why he hated it. Um, you know, I understand that, but there has been a lot that's happened in this decade. Uh, a lot of changes that have happened. Now, I have given Gareth a list of 100 games which have made a difference in a decade according to Polygon. Uh, he definitely wanted to spend four and a half hours reading it out, yeah. but I've decided that we're just going to cut it a bit shorter and look through it and choose some of the games and talk about them briefly, about games that have affected us in the past decade uh, and using this list as a helpful tool. Um which I thought was a better way than spending 45 minutes. Now, um... I guess. Yeah, sorry, Gareth. Gareth, <laughs> I'm going to let you... So, go onto the website and go to 59 okay, on the list. Yeah, let, uh, let me do that. Okay. I'm going to let you talk about this game. 
number 59. Uh, because I, I genuinely think that if if I spoke about this before you, I would get murdered. Okay. I'm curious to see what this is now. Come on, phone. God, fucking phone. All right, 59. So let's see. It's going through. It's going through. That's number 90. Go further down. Ooh, number 80 is Tiger Woods PJ Tour 13 on this list. Oh, man, that's mine. Not a joke. <laughs> my game of the year that's my game of the fucking century 59 is the last of us oh see which is one of the What's best games game? ever made uh, now I will be perfectly honest with you when I when I heard everyone talk about this game bought an Xbox didn't buy a Playstation 4 I just went to them there is no way a game can be this good all of you lot are just fucking over exaggerating how great a game is okay bollocks is it going to be that good <laughs> and then I played it and I generally I, I haven't done this in ages but I started it up I completed the first mission went alright second mission I was like yeah okay and then th- I was just engulfed halfway through the third mission I was just like okay I'm in and I think I just played it uh, non-stop for a week Wow, good for you. And I, and I and I went for everything. But anyway, carry on. Tell us, t- tell us, t- tell us why uh, why it met all of the hype. Uh, well, it it basically does a thing which games do way too rarely, which is focuses on story and characters first, and then mm. that's not to say the gameplay is bad because it's not. But it it gives you these two characters. I mean, spoilers are yeah, it's like a seven-year-old yeah, yeah. game. Uh, two characters, Joel and Ellie, who are just so unbelievably complex. You see like 12 different sides of their characters by the time you're in the game and you just know from how deep they are that there's a thousand or more that you haven't seen because a real human being would have those as well. Because a human being is a collection yeah. of idiosyncrasies and you know things that aren't consistent and we all have things that we'll, we'll it, say one thing one day and the next day we'll do the complete opposite thing it definitely did that thing didn't it at the start of the game where it's just like um you know oh that's a story for another day sort of thing yeah like there was a lot of times in the story where they would have a convert or two people would have a conversation that we are not we did not experience that with them yeah, sort of thing. Like they're talking about the past, or they're talking about uh, oh, when the event happened, and it's one of those things where you were just like, you're curious, but you believe that that shit happened. Like you just said, like this is a world that could exist. This is a world that does exist, and those conversations kind of reinforce that in my head to go, oh, actually, this person isn't just a superhero best guy silver shining knight he, he he's he's done some bad shit that he doesn't want to talk about yeah. and i believe that he's done some bad shit <laughs> you see the state of the world because the world is so expertly crafted and because of oh, the way yeah. that game opens um oh, like yeah. you see what this guy's gone through so you completely understand everything about him you can completely disagree with everything he does in the entirety of the game and fully understand why he's doing it. And that's like, yeah, 
what other game does that? No, no one's even really asked about trying. Yeah. I've never felt, you know, in some games where you question, actually, am I killing these people? Yeah. This game, you sit there and go, you understand because it does it so well. Like there's that mission with Ellie when you're in that camp and you're playing as her and you're walking around and you're, you have to kill people. Yeah. And it kind of puts you in a situation where she's like, I'm going to sneak past them. I'm going to sneak past them. And then you come to the realization quite quickly, not because you're like, you're just, it's, it's a weird sensation. Like you have to play it, but it builds it up with the cutscene, and it builds it up with the way in which she has her internal mumbling monologue to herself because she's scared. Yeah. And then you come to this realization quite quickly. You sneak through the first like two rooms and you get to the third room. You know, like, I can't get out of here unless I kill someone. Yeah. Like I physically cannot get out of here unless I kill someone. And I'm sure that you can, but <laughs> it's how you feel. Like and you just go the you don't question you think you feel to yourself, This is bad. I shouldn't be doing this. But I have to if I want to survive. And it really I didn't expect it to get that across so well. That survival instinct. That you have no choice. Choices are a luxury. Yeah. And it's a luxury that the world has foregone. You don't get that luxury anymore. Like, you know, um, you don't get the choice whether you should kill someone or not. This person will kill you if you don't kill them. Yeah. Um, and that, that in itself isn't new. Like, any game oh, with no. zombies in, that's the thing as well. But the way this game does it is just so matter-of-fact and... It works because of the job Naughty Dog do creating this world so painstakingly that it's yeah. so believable. Like, if this shit happened in real life, you know, mankind's not doomed. There's still plenty of humans left. It's 20 years later, but it just having that as a back... It's not the apocalypse, but it's damn close. And it's that yeah. backdrop that is so interesting, and it reflects off these characters in interesting ways. Yeah. I haven't felt a stop now granted like the 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 years in which come across these games, but I hadn't felt a story that good. Uh well for me it was like a matter of weeks, but for everyone <laughs> else it was like years, but you know, I hadn't felt a story that good until I played God of War. Mm-hmm. Um and that level of character building, that level of world building where you don't have to ask questions about whether this exists or not. It just does. And, you know, you don't have to ask a question about whether these characters have met before because they said that they have and that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, that that sense of you've been dropped in a world, but it has existed before you appeared. It continues to exist after you go. And, you know, that level of storytelling was so groundbreaking back then. I now understand why everyone was ranting and raving about it because they had never experienced anything on that level of like cinematic storytelling linked with gameplay and the fact that you get fully invested into it. Like, you know, when I played it, some of the mechanics were old and it felt a little bit clunky here and there. But yeah. the once I got into 
almost like I I reinstalled an old operating system into my hands so that I could, you know, deal with the fucking combat lag and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was loving it, and it it still holds up today. And to think that The Last of Us 2 is coming out. Oh, my God. Wow. I can't believe it. Have you seen all the trailers for it yet? I haven't actually. Uh, I've, I've kind of avoided spoilers okay. or any no, of the trailers. That's trailer. a good way to be. I've kind of convinced myself that it's not happening. <laughs> so when it does, it like... And I fully, like like I just said before, suck it all up. You know, spitters are quitters, but you know, <laughs> let's just get this all in. Uh, definitely in. Uh, a game actually I want to talk about uh, is on 83 on this list, but is a game in which changed changed what I knew as game okay. uh, for me, and it's Papers Please. Right. Now, if anyone's played Papers Please, I think you understand exactly what I mean by that statement, but gameplay in regards to, uh, or in Papers, Please, is quite literally, you are a um, a border officer. You're a border guard working for a fictional Russian-inspired country yeah. uh, in the midst of a civil war. And there's a story that happens around this uh, border control. You, as the border guard, have to respond to rules, and new regulations and new permits and pretty much your job is to make sure that the people who are coming in are allowed in the country you allow them through or you deny them access and they have to have the correct paperwork etc the whole point is is that the more people you let through the more money that you have um but then it such a basic concept and it's got such a in-depth storyline like so in depth you have a family that you got to look after you adopt some people if you choose a different you know pathway some people can die if you choose another pathway you meet these characters who want to help you who you meet a terrorist group for example who want to like you know destroy the state if you help them then that's one ending i think there's something stupid like 18 endings to this game <laughs> Um, which is ridiculous, really, for something so basic on the, you know, outlook. And then it being so complex once you start playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved it. I did, I, I think I've got two of the endings. So 16 more to go. But, um, it's a game that I've actually come back to since playing it. So I first played it in about 2016 and then I played it again this year. So yeah, I just got, fascinated with it and was like actually this is really fun has um, there been any other game that sort of scratched a similar itch or is it that unique because i've i've never played it but it's i've obviously been aware it exists <laughs> but I, I felt like i missed the boat on it so i was like well i mean i missened that that happened to other people so that's fine is it worth no it, it definitely it, it definitely still holds up yeah it definitely still holds up it's uh, one of those games where when i first played it i knew the mechanics and you kind of get into a system of just keyboard shortcuts and how to do it quicker okay. uh, but then when you when i played it again this year i was i was back again being shit and so it's kind of one of those things where because of the risk factor or the fail factor so you you fail you're allowed to fail three times before you get punished. 
Okay. And you get punished by your docked wages. But it means that if you miss something small uh, and you get away with it, you still get money for that. So it's that pros and cons. So sometimes someone can come up to you and be like, oh, my my parents are uh, sick and I don't have passport and stuff like that. And you've got to weigh up. Oh, actually, do I let them through? Am I that harsh? It plays on your humane side. And I think you start. You actually I generally had like outward conversations with myself about you know, a decision that I had to make. Where like they would say something, it'll be like, "Oh no, 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 oh no," or like you know, you're telling people to fuck off. You're like, "No, fuck off, you criminal, get out of my fucking life." And like you know, you get so involved in it is what I'm trying to say. Um, there's not another game which I've played that have um, that has scratched that itch. There are other games out there similar to it, and I think the developer has made a nightclub game okay. where you're a bodyguard. Oh. <laughs> You're a bodyguard for a nightclub and you let people in. Uh, You're a freelancer and you work at different nightclubs. And um, again, it's a post-apocalyptic world where pretty much if the Brexit party won the general election and then um, we became a kind of sovereign state away from the rest of the world and we had, you know, we had our own rules and our own, you know, everything and the borders were up and they were really strict and so it was um it's, it kind of plays along that sort of line okay and a lot of people have said that it's just as good and i haven't played it yet and i forgot the name of it but <laughs> this one for me this decade um it's definitely i would 100 percent recommend it to play it and i think it's it, it must be dirt cheap now uh to yeah, get surely um you know other games Oh, actually, this one's not this. Stanley Parable. I never played it, but everyone raved about it. It's really good. Really good. Yeah. And then obviously the likes of Mass Effect, Mario Kart, and uh, Warframe, Diablo, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, which actually for me was a massive disappointment. Oh, really? Only because... Well, it gets to a certain stage, doesn't it? And then the game is definitely unfinished. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You love it up to that point. And everybody knows what point it is because you sit in a car in silence for 25 minutes when there definitely should be some conversation. Yeah, I mean, I I love that game because I love the way it plays and I love collecting people as though they were Pokemon. Like, I I love that game, but it's definitely When you say it like that, it sounds weird, but yes, that's exactly what you do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think for the series, I think it revolutionised it. I think gameplay-wise, it's fantastic. I enjoyed playing it. But as a Metal Gear Solid fan, I feel Hideo could, I feel the politics surrounding the game ruined the game. Okay. Uh, because it's unfinished. It's not a complete saga. Because the last chapter of this saga is 75% done. Fair enough. You know, and that's what's always going to be the bugbear. Now, the it still had everything Metal Gear Solid about it. The characters, the storyline, the gameplay. What an innovation in the gameplay. So good. Um, so good. Like, dropping, um, dropping missions, just like Peace Walker, but with more gravitas. 
uh, with less of a stop-start mentality, because obviously Peace Walker is a handheld game. It was obviously stop-start. With this one, it feels a lot more linear. You can stockpile um, missions on top of each other, which means that once you drop into the world, you can do as many missions as you wish. So it feels a lot more free flow. You can play it however you want to play it. And it was fantastic. I enjoyed it. And like I said, I loved the story until it got to that point. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And then from then on, it kind of just was a bit, rinse and repeat Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I wouldn't say it was a complete failure I would still put it in like 8 out of 10 like you know ranking but uh, it needs to be complete for it to get a perfect score in my eyes but still a large influence for what sandbox games can be as a whole not just espionage games but story driven single player sandbox games like you know this kind of changed it and hopefully we get something better than death stranding as a result of it yeah, some know. people enjoy that game what can we say oh, those people are postmen <laughs> <laughs> jesus um i would like to talk briefly about mass effect 2 we've already sort of brought yes. up the mass effect series yeah, Mass Effect yeah. 2, um, though I think Mass Effect 1 is great and I really enjoy Mass Effect 3, something about Mass Effect 2 just, it sits above those games to where. Yeah, I think so too. Said to somebody, one of the best games of the generation is Mass Effect 2 and you can just play it without playing either of the other two. Like, I don't know what it is about it. Something about that game just captured my imagination in such a way. The characters are great. All the stories are great in the game. It's an incredible universe and the gameplay is nice. I played that game on every difficulty and completed it for full achievements, which I never do, really. Um, it's only one of the game on... Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's that pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. I, I just love it. I, <laughs> it's really weird because you know Mass Effect 1 I thought was great, but didn't really like grab me. Mass Effect 3 is very, very good for a lot of it, and then the ending, obviously, is whatever the ending is. But Mass Effect 2 is just this perfect little... It's like, you know how a Terry's Chocolate Orange? Yeah. Uh, the best bit of a Terry's Chocolate Orange, for some reason, is oh, the middle the, bit. It's, the it's, core. It's that, it's that middle core, exactly. Even though it's, there's arguably less chocolate on that core than the whole... Each segment was. Just something about that, yeah. that core is just like perfect it's just the perfect encapsulation of all the other segments that were on the outside of it it's mass yeah. effect 2 is that core it's sure whatever is on the outside of the mass effect universe is, is whatever it is if you like it if you don't fair enough but mass effect 2 is just it's an arguably perfect little distillation of everything else in the mass effect universe and it just oh i could play mass effect 2 start to finish right now and be happy the whole yeah. way through. I think as well, like it's another game because it was in the era of my life where we were sharing one console and right. my younger brother still loved or loved Mass Effect and again I've watched him play Mass Effect one, two and three. Mm-hmm. Um again I had no influence on what was going on. I was just a passive watcher. But like you said, Mass Effect two stands out. One of those feelings where 
every action that you did in the story felt like it affected someone or something. Yeah. It felt like every single step that you took had gravitas, had a, you know, an impact. And for a game to stand out like that, and let's be honest, it tried to captivate that over and over and over again in the other games uh, that followed it, but failed to. And it's difficult to put a finger on what exactly that is. But I'd probably say, like I said, it's the, it's just the feeling of, you know, having an effect. It's a feeling of genuinely getting to know your, um, your comrades, getting to know uh, their planets, getting to know the space and the universe that you're in. And, you know, it, it scratches so many itches. Yeah, it really does. So, oh, I can explore, or I can fight, and I can choose how I answer certain people. So I don't have to be all good. Yeah. So some people I can just be a dickhead to because I don't like them. <laughs> you know, it was, you, you were able to put yourself in that game. And they did it again, or they continued with it, but, you know, it just didn't have the same weight behind it yeah. when they uh, when they continued it. So, yeah, Mass Effect 2, definitely mm-hmm. up there. Um, others, obviously, on the list, we got, we got Skyrim. Come on. The best uh, game ev- ever made, Dave. Yeah, I know. Everyone's played Skyrim and genuinely enjoyed it. Like, I can't... It, it's come out so many times. <laughs> I think I'm a bit... I'm a, I'm 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 a bit saturated with Skyrim. Sure. Yeah. Um but I remember when it came out. I remember when uh, how much of a big deal it was and also how good it was to play. Now I sucked at Elder Scrolls. Uh I sucked at Oblivion. Yeah. Um dreadful. Uh but Skyrim came out and suddenly I was like all right, I'll give this a whack. I'm bet I'm going to be shit at it and then completed it. Um Loved it. But unlike everyone else in the world, apparently, I haven't bought seven HD editions of it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously not a, uh, not as, not as big a fan as I thought I was. But let, again, let me tell you, it. Dave, Skyrim yeah. VR. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. A lot of people have said that actually. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a game changer of just for scale. Everyone said for them, it's scale. The dragon didn't seem too scary when you were playing it on the PlayStation. <laughs> but when you put on the headset and the dragon lands and you're like, holy fucking shit, that's massive. Yep. Um, you can go up to a giant and just kick him. Uh, but then, then you're in VR and you're like, holy shit, he's, he's literally the size of a building. Uh, it kind of gives you know, scale to everything again. And you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. That's scary. Uh, but again, yeah, loved it. I think games are uh, also on this list. Things like Sea of Thieves and huh. No Man's Sky. Yeah. Now, I know... And, uh, I first of all read this list and looked at it and just went, really? These games are fucking awful. But I think they raise a good point on two different... Two very similar models, but two very different approaches to continuing them now no man's sky came out everyone fully expected it to be or it was promised to be this amazing vision of a game i like can't remember the last time i was as excited for a game as i was for no man's sky exactly so much freedom to explore an endless universe with planets that are different which is co-op 
and I can explore. Oh my god, this is amazing! Like I can literally create my own fucking world. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, but, but then it, the the game comes out, and you're like, oh, it's not co-op. Uh, it's like so no it's player. Uh, Gameplay is not great. Uh, the exploration's kind of pointless. Oh yep. shit! I need to refuel every time I land on a planet. Well, this is a bit arduous. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Sea of Thieves, similar thing. A super realistic pirate simulator where you control and captain your own ship with your friends as crew members. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. You can go on different quests. You can join different factions. You can fight different sea creatures. You can kill people in PvP. And then you play it. My god, this realistic graphics and physics are fantastic. So I oh, can't wait to do some quests. Find this treasure treasure chest okay done that now what do i do i've got another chest that you can find <laughs> uh okay then done that now what do i do right there's this chest but you might have to kill a boat before you get to it okay this is boring as fuck is this all you gotta do yes now the difference being and the reason why i speak about both of them in tandem is the fact that no man's sky has done nothing but try to improve itself to get to that original vision and it's now got to a point where actually it's very close to what everyone wanted it to be yes minus the ending but you know we'll come to the universe as a fucking black hole uh sort of fucking shit again never played no man's sky but it's now a game which I'm glad that everybody has finally got their, you know, fill of. And they're continuing to improve it. It's not stopping. They're like, no, we set out for this game to be this. And I'm going to continue to expand it long into the future until the vision is complete or until obviously the player base dwindles. But that's fantastic for me. Yeah. I think for for one of the decade's largest flops to become one of the decade's biggest successes is, you know, commendable. Yeah, but I mean, Uh, if at the start of the decade you had said to me, you know, if you had told me what No Man's Sky was and what Sea of Thieves were going to be, I would be like, well, those are going to be the biggest games in the world. Every other game after that is going to want to be that. Exactly. instead it was just like, um, I know yeah, exactly. <laughs> sea of Thieves, though, the opposite has happened. Rare has just gone. Well, okay, we'll continue to add to it with DLC. Yeah, but you're not improving the core game mechanic. Yeah, you're just adding more missions, and they're like, no, but the core game mechanic is fine. You're like, as part of the game, because let's be honest, ninety percent of this game is in the sea. Yeah. When I jump overboard. Wouldn't it be great if there was an actual under-the-sea graphic, for example? Wait, Wouldn't what? it be great if there, there was isn't? an actual... No, uh, there is the, no what I'm saying is yeah, it's, it's just void of life. Okay. So when you jump into the sea, especially when you get closer to the shore, it's not like there's life that suddenly spawn. And you go, oh, okay, this is a bit... Shit. I thought it's there were empty. sharks. Have they updated it? Okay, I might I don't be know. talking. I, I, I thought there were always sharks. Uh, uh, yeah, there were sharks. No, but what I mean is, yeah, is that, you know, just like little things like algae, coral, for fuck's sake, you know. It's just mean is that like they've got really good sea um, water graphics and then it's just a bit empty. 
Um, again, this might have been outdated, but I did see that the Kraken, when you face him and you jump into the water, you don't see anything. It's just floating tentacles. Fuck's sake. And you go, oh, that's a bit fucking shit, isn't it? But I mean, is that, you know, the core game mechanics of Series 3 has not improved. Um, they've just added more missions, which are calling to a lot of people who still play it. Aren't anywhere near as um, challenging or varied as is advertised. So, you know, see what happens. Oh, God, sorry, I just scrolled past this and need to talk about it. Super Hot. My God, what an amazing game. If you haven't played Super Hot, you need to play it. Super Hot's fantastic. Super Hot is literally fantastic. Uh, And then, obviously, I'm probably going to say... So I've got two games which I want to kind of highlight as my games of decade. And I think they're two very different games. So the first one is God of War. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that like my game of the decade, a lot of people would probably argue and say oh, it should be like a Mario game or come on, Zelda is great or um, oh, look, Skyrim, we just spoke about that. For me, like I said, it's Last of Us, God of War, story-driven games, which bring a cinematic perspective to a gameplay um, and it is seamless like a lot of people say oh cutscenes are seamless in God of War it generally is seamless it's such like, an achievement like, such an achievement and I'm not just talking about graphically we're talking about the transition between controlled gameplay and passive watching is seamless and you don't see any loading you don't see any glitch you don't see anything suddenly Kratos just walks the camera angle very cleverly stops and changes and then now you understand that you're in a cutscene and it's so subtle but it never escapes the grip it has on you it never lets go and because it's so seamless it just you just you can play for hours like i generally have sunk like 6 hours straight into a game and again it's just because it's so good <laughs> the variety of the combat the different styles in which you can use the upgrades that you can do the the characters first and foremost um are fantastic you care about them yeah. they change and grow the universe it sits in is perfectly sculpted, super interesting. They give you just enough information to get you interested and then tell you to go sit, find the rest. They don't throw it down your throat. The f- combat is improved and strategic, which I didn't expect from a God of War game. Yeah. Um, and challenging at times like you know you really need to practice and you kind of get used to your different perks and you get used to and you develop your own fighting style which surprised me because i didn't realize i thought everyone played it like i did and then i watched my friend do it and he changed my whole setup he was like, oh what you you use that perk no fuck that and he just changed it around because it was just like no this is how i played the game this is how i fought and it is it's a credit to the game where you can actually have so many different ways of 
fighting in it. Um, and each person almost did it in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, is that for a gameplay experience, it is fantastic. And it has, you know, I can't wait for the next installment in this series. Um, so I'd probably put that quite high. And like I said, game of the decade. And my second one is um, Edith Finch, mainly because I think it took me by surprise completely. Um, it's a walking simulator, uh, which means it's a story told with very limited gameplay, but it's so interesting and intriguing and I can't fully talk about it and explain it without giving major spoilers, which is the main, the story is the main reason you play it, but it's only four hours less actually. Uh, but you really do get engulfed in what happened to Edith Finch and her family. And you get really invested in the gameplay. Like each one is, uh, each story works its way into a very unique and passive sort of mini game that you play. Um, and it definitely, it's definitely worth experiencing. If you haven't do so, it won so many awards for good reason. So if you're not a fan of walking Sims, mm. try it out. You know, you'll be surprised actually how how much it um, how much it takes you by surprise and how quickly those four hours go. Actually, cool. I have so. it installed on my PC, but I have not played it yeah. myself. I am eager to though. I just realised something as we've been talking about these games that, like, <clears throat> you know, say let's say Dave, you are married and you have a wife. Yep. If at yep. some point it was like you were going to have a kid. If it was a boy, you could play God of War to get excited about having a son. Oh, and if it was a yeah. girl, you could play The Last of Us to get excited about having a daughter. Oh, yes. So either way, you're covered. You're going to be happy no matter what. Oh, what yes. Gender it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well done. See, this is it. I'm now excited. Let's uh, <laughs> let's make a baby. <laughs> let's make a baby. Um, if, if you I... were to choose one or two games uh, <laughs> of a decade, what would you summarize it as? Um. Okay, well, first, I haven't talked about it yet in this list, and I would like to talk about it. And the same year The Last of Us came out, uh, Bioshock Infinite also came out. Oh, yeah. Um, I was not a big fan of Bioshock. I tried playing it. I got, like, maybe an hour or so in, and I was like, I'm not really feeling this. So I just sort of played Bioshock Infinite on a whim um, the year it came out. And on the first playthrough, I did not like that game. And then... Like, the entire week after I completed it, all I could think about was that game. Um, the ending is so incredible and sort of... No, no ending has been like that to me in that it's such a strong idea ex- explored so well. Yeah. I, I Obviously, I, I don't want to spoil it for people. Um, but we've done episodes in the past where we talk about the ending <laughs> yep. um, in spoilers yeah. pretty in-depth. I would say that, for me, the only reason Bioshock Infinite um, isn't like one of my top two games of the decade is because The Last of Us came out that same year. Yeah, It's like it, it took a game the calibre of The Last of Us 
to knock it off its podium. Yeah, yeah. That, like I don't know, Bioshock Infinite is it's divisive among the Bioshock fan base. A lot of people don't think of it very fondly. And whilst I was playing it, I wasn't like a huge fan. But it's it's what that game left me with. Um, that's another game with an incredibly strong female character in it, Elizabeth. Similar to Ellie in The Last of Us, is a very strong female character. Um, and not only is she strong because of what she can physically do, but because of the way that character is portrayed and written and the way that character is as a person. Um, yeah. It's very much like, that's the kind of, if you have a daughter, Dave, that's the kind of female character mm. you want to expose uh, them to. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, no, hundred percent. The I'm game. With you on that. While you're playing the game, you're hopping between different dimensions, and it can feel a bit like, why does anything have consequence when I can just hop to another dimension? But then the end of that game wraps that up. Really so puts well. it into perspective. Yeah, it recontextualizes the entire game in a way that I don't think any other game I've ever played has. So that's yeah. why it stuck with me. I kept thinking, like, oh man. That Bioshock Infinite was actually a lot better than I thought it was. Um, <laughs> actually, it was. I fucking loved it. Now I'm looking back at. Now I know how it ends. I absolutely adore the entire game. And like, yeah, I've I played that game multiple times in the years since. Every time it gets me emotional because. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go into it because I will end up spoiling something, but that game yeah. is fucking incredible does something no other game has ever even bothered to even try because it's impossible. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, Bioshock Infinite, it was a grower, not a shower for me, but it grew into yeah. a game that I now absolutely <laughs> adore unconditionally with my entire soul. So I had to talk about it, even yeah. though it's not one of my top two. I, I well, bought- obviously, so I'm guessing Last of Us is one of those games. It is, yes. Uh, yeah, so we've done that. So what's your second uh, choice for the game of the decade? My game of the decade uh, is not original. It's not unique. We've also already talked about it, but it's Skyrim. Skyrim yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. is the best game ever made, in my opinion. Um, yeah? That game, the best game ever made, will never stay the same forever, right? If it does, then the industry has failed massively. Like, for me, the best game ever made was Ocarina of Time. And then some years passed. And then, for me, the best game ever made was Fallout 3, in my opinion. um, Which did so much for just an RPG in general. Um, And then, after Fallout 3 was the best game ever made for a few years, then Skyrim came along. And for me, Skyrim is the best game ever made. It's beautiful. Still to this day, this game is nine yeah. years old and it's still absolutely gorgeous to look at. It's a joy yeah. to be in that world. Um, the gameplay is fantastic. The role-playing elements are fantastic. Everything about Skyrim works in perfect harmony for me. It's, like, flawless. Even the main story, which people whinge about, I like. So obviously, oh, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't have an issue with the story, actually. Granted, and I don't think I've played it anywhere near as much as a lot of people have. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, even talking about it, it kind of makes you want to go back and just experience it again. You know, it's one of those games that if you play Skyrim in 20 years' time, it'll still 
be like magical, you know, the same way if you go and play Ocarina of Time now, there's just something in that game's DNA that it's like, oh, this is special. Yeah, it's definitely, like, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a game which will turn into a classic and which everyone will talk about and say, oh, do you remember this? It's because, yeah, well, it's already proven itself to have so many remakes and HD additions. Yeah, I mean, that's why I say, you know, get old. I, I yeah. am not in any way giving an original opinion when I say, yeah. <laughs> when I say yeah, yeah, it might yeah. give it a decade. No, but Skyrim. it's still a valid one. I'm not saying just because it's not original doesn't mean it's not valid. I'm yeah. just saying it's, yeah, it is definitely, it's, it's definitely, it, it, it's worth, it, it earns its crown is yes. what I'm trying to say. You know, it definitely earns its crown. Like, so Polygon, just to end it quick and then we'll move on very shortly to what we are looking forward to in in 2020 but um, I do agree with what Polygon has said is that their game of the decade is Minecraft not due to the gameplay but due to what it's done for gaming and I think I agree with it like you know you cannot everybody knows what Minecraft is you cannot you cannot lie and say that in 10 years Minecraft has exploded into something far beyond anyone's expectations. And in gaming, for a Java-based game to be so creative and to be so advanced physics-wise is amazing. Like To bring a large community of people together to, you know, build, to mod, to improve, to, you know, and now it's got now we're talking about Minecraft with real-life rendering, and it looks incredible. It does. If I could build a house, and it looks like a house, <laughs> but with Minecraft physics, you know, block, 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 and then when I make a wall, it renders it as if it's a, it's a wall. I'm, I'm there, straight away. <laughs> Give me that. I, yeah, yeah, I, so, I, assumed, I assumed I would hate Minecraft. When it was first coming yeah, out, see, and I, I did saw that. it, I was and then like, I played oh, it. it's not for me. And then you play it, yeah. and you can't played. deny it. You know, days well, I first will played melt Minecraft. away. Yeah, this is it. I first played Minecraft as an educational tool when I was uh, doing my teacher training. <laughs> and it's a educational tool to teach isn't, kids how to code. Isn't educational tool your job title? <laughs> yeah, it is actually. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's a it's a way to get kids involved in coding, and you yeah. can now it's it, there's a there's like a there's a computer which you can get in Minecraft, which you can use actual computer code, and you can program it to do things like automation. So get oh, get that light to turn on and off and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's immediately uh, I started creating worlds where levels could be solved and dungeons could be fought through, but they have to solve coding problems to, and I'm suddenly like, I'm going super creative in an educational mindset. And I just went, I should actually just download Minecraft. And suddenly (laughs) I'm building in creative like these amazing worlds and practicing with physics and redstone and yeah it's a it's a it's a very deep rabbit hole that you can dive into and i fully understand the impact it's made in 10 years yeah minecraft it almost isn't a game it's almost a toy it's got that sort of universal slash timeless appeal that 
If if people oh God, still it's... aren't playing Minecraft in fifty years, then we fucked up as a society. Hey, There's bombs. Someone fell. explained That's the it only to reason. me. Uh, no, what was it? My my brother-in-law explained it to my mother-in-law. Uh, she went, "What is this Minecraft stuff?" He just went, "It's digital Lego." Yeah. And she immediately understood what he meant. She went, oh, and that's it. It's a phenomenon as large as Lego, but in the digital scape. It so instead like of collecting all the bricks, quid. it costs 15 pounds and you can build whatever the fuck you want. A Death Star, yeah. Someone's done a one-to-one scale of the Death Star. <laughs> you can walk around it. Go. Wow. It's just crazy. So, yeah. Anyway. Quickly before we leave, because mm-hmm. I'll need to eat food soon. Yep. Uh, but 2020 is approaching. Well, it's here. It's here. And mate. We're in. It's here. We're up. We're, we've been five days in, and we're already in World War Three, mate. I know. Well, good old Trump. Everyone, by the way, America voted him in. I know. A majority said he's the man for me. Anyway, uh, the future obviously brings excitement, but we've only listed five games that we're excited about. So. <laughs> Starting the list uh, is obviously Last of Us Part 2. We've spoken about it a little bit briefly, but if it continues, and it will, it continues on the greatness that the first game started, I cannot wait to delve into this world again. I literally cannot wait. So much so that, like I've just discussed, I'm going to blinker myself and pretend the game doesn't exist until it lands on my shelf, and suddenly I'm like, holy shit, I cannot wait to do this. I, no, oh man, it's like it's like imagine if we didn't do this podcast for like eight years and then we did an episode it's like yes i get to see yeah. my friend dave again exactly like, i get to spend time with joel and ellie again i'm so excited to just even do that <laughs> like it's just that that's all the endorsement you need for the last of us one is that exactly. i'm just excited to spend time with these people again i'm like, excited to see what they've been doing for the past couple of years what have you been up to bruv <laughs> Oh, you know, you know how it is. Starting a civilization, killing some plant zombies. <laughs> the huge. Plants versus zombies uh-huh. three. That's what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, also, another um, another sequel is Dying Light two. Now, you and Rob talked excessively about this game, interviewing the guy who did Dying Light's sound. Yeah. Uh, and playing it quite religiously. I've played it with my brother about halfway through, and we've just never uh, done the rest. I will do it. But Dying Light 2 looks amazing. It looks like they've built upon everything that was great about the first game and gone, oh, actually, let's just tweak that and improve that. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that it's taken a while. It means that they're being serious about it. Um, when it's that in-depth physics-wise, because the climbing mechanics were quite revolutionary. Mm-hmm. So that sort of stuff does not take... Uh, it's not a quick thing to program. So I'm glad that they're um, cracking that out. Yeah, same. Um, parkour and zombies, mate. Who'd have thought? Parkour and zombie. You can't go wrong, can you? But I think what um, Dying Light definitely encapsulated for me is the, the fear. And I think I've said it on the podcast before, is that when playing the game... Uh, and you're in night and you're walking around and then you hear someone rustle something and then you, you are genuinely scared and then you hear the siren go off and someone screeching at you and you're like, oh shit, I might die and you're trying to escape. Yeah. And you, you if, they, if they encapsulate that, then I'm going to be 
ecstatic. You, you simultaneously feel like the biggest badass in the world and extremely exposed and vulnerable at all times. It's yeah. a really cool, awesome game. That yeah. the co-op in it works shockingly well and is so yeah. fun. Oh, what a game. Really well. Yeah, what a game. Uh, also, everyone's been talking about it, but Cyberpunk 2077... Can't wait for this. Looks fantastic. Another story-driven game, which I hope lives up to the expectation. Again, you've only seen like cinematic cutscenes, so we don't really know what the gameplay is like. No one really knows what the game is. It going to be like a um, Deus Ex style game? Is it going to be more towards the semi-open world or the fully open world? You know, I'm I'm talking about like um like GTA esque. Um, we don't know yet, but hopefully it's as good. And Keanu Reeves is in it. Fucking hell. I, I feel like I'm the only person who's not asked about this game because I don't like the Witcher games and the, so I don't care about what else. Okay. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. (laughs) I get you. Yeah. I kind of want it to be smaller than the Witcher because the Witcher's massive. Mm -hmm. So if it's smaller than the Witcher, I think I'm going to be happier. Um, on that note, Remakes coming back. Yeah, can't wait. So we've got Resident Evil Three. Yes, coming out. The day off can't work. Wait Bring out all the snacks. Play Resident Evil yeah. Three all day. Yes, I might generally come over. <laughs> I might drive all the way to Manchester and join you with that. Um, and also to add to that list, we've got Final Fantasy Seven, which looks fantastic. It yeah. looks like another game which I'm going to passively binge on YouTube. Cannot wait for it to come out. Uh, it's a game which I never played. Uh, always wanted to. Actually, always owned the demo. Okay. But never actually played uh, the real game. I remember playing the first mission about 25 times. Uh, but never actually went out and bought it. Yeah, I, um, I played it so, on an yeah. emulator. Um, yeah. Like, so many years after the fact that it's, like, a joke. Like, you play it in... It looks ridiculous. It looks terrible yeah, so, now. So blocking. So blocking. Well, it's even painful. then, I was like, I, I could see why this was a big deal. So, like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to want the new Final Fantasy VII remake, but you just watch the trailers and you're like, this is undeniable. <sighs> this is so going to be so good. So good. But even, see, I'm a fan of, like, Advent Calendar. No, oh, Advent Children. I always <laughs> want that joke. Um... I always make a joke. It's actually become how I pronounced the film now. Uh, but I am I am a fan of Advent Children yeah. in regards to the cinematic film. And I'm just I looked at it and just went, shit, this looks even better. And that's gameplay. <laughs> and so yeah, I can't wait. Just to, like I said, passively binge it. And obviously to end it, just found out today, uh, Oddworld Soulstorm, uh, the new edition, and the the chronicle continues. For the Oddworld games, so yeah. Abe's you gave, Odyssey. You gave me a bit of a history lesson on mm. the Oddworld games. I thought yeah, it was just so... that Abe guy was like running around doing a bunch of stuff, but no, it's a lot more complicated. No, a lot more complicated. Uh, Oddworld is the world in which the creator had, you know, formulated, and he originally planned for there to be five games to tell this story and to show this world in its. Uh, in its gravitas, so um, in its entirety. So I think there has been, so yeah, it's Oddworld, uh, Abe's Odyssey, Abe's Exodus, Munchie's Odyssey, Stranger's Wrath, and now Soulstorm. So I think that's his 
original vision come to fruition. So hopefully it's just as good. Nothing like a good old fucking hard platform. What's the name? Puzzle game. These games are all really fucking hard. Okay. I remember that. Uh, But I think I will binge uh, the playthroughs and maybe collect them. Especially the HD remakes and actually playing them again. Because I love them. Cool. But yeah, apart from that, Gareth, it has been a joy talking to you. I missed it, Dave. I've really missed it. And I'm very much looking forward to... Are we starting next week? Yeah, Yeah. so this episode I think will go out on Tuesday. We're going to aim for that to be the regular day because... Um, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm usually busy, and the weekends are the weekends. Whereas Monday, yeah. we could easily record on a Monday, and then I could spend yep. Tuesday evening editing. So that will be a good, clean two days. They'll be out on Tuesday or Wednesday morning, and that will be nice every single week. I think that's what we're going to do. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. So until next week, Gareth, and to everyone listening, thank you very much, and we'll see you again next week. You will. I will say goodbye. Say it then. Goodbye. <laughs> uh. <laughs>